What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 12. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast Blessing and Oye Junior. Greg Miller. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Who is the Tom Nook of PlayStation? Oof, man. You have to, like, are you talking about a character or somebody who works at PlayStation? A character or both. Okay. Kevin, we can hear your keyboard. Um,. You're in for a special one if the pre-show, as we were setting this all up, is anything. Who's the Tom Nook of PlayStation? That's a great question. I immediately go to Soli. And I don't know why. Soli from uh, Uncharted. Yeah, Soli, okay. Where my, my, my mind immediately goes to. And I don't know why, uh, because Soli doesn't really, like, take debt from you or anything like that. But I feel like they have similar energy. Like, they both, like, Soli, they, they both have, like, an older energy, obviously, because Soli is literally, like, an older gentleman. Tom Nook, I have no idea how old he is. Um, but I get like a Tom Well, he's Nook older, right? Somewhere. He runs the island. So, I mean, that's what he's Yeah. Doing. Do you get. I, I, mean, I, I, get I mean, what jumps to my, my mind on this one is who is the Tom Nook of PlayStation? I clear my mind. What I see is Brock from God of War. Oh. You know what I mean? You go there, you barter with him, he talks to you a bit, he keeps you on task, he takes your now, money. Why Brock and not Sindri? If I'm being honest, well, Brock's the blue one, right? Who's like, I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why that's because I mean, like I, I look at Tom Nook as a little guy, a little a squat, little man or a raccoon mm-hmm. who's there. He's plump. He's, you know, you know what I mean? That's how he talks. So I feel like, thank you. I've been working on my impression of all the Animal Crossing characters, but that's where I'd go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I'm glad you dig it. Solve the case. Uh, it's been officially one week of working from home. Uh, how are you feeling right now? Blessing at AOE Jr. I'm feeling good right now. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be honest. Week one, I feel like was kind of, uh, anxiety inducing. Yeah. I was I, like being, being home. First of all, all the time usually isn't like a problem for me, but when it's like, uh, when it's like a mandated thing of like, I should definitely stay home. Then yeah. I start to feel anxious about it. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about like human mental like whatever like whatever's going on in my brain that tells me like oh i need to go out uh despite that now that you can't go out you want to go out yeah yeah and like usually i'd be fine with not going out but i guess that's just the way my brain works now um and then like uh this whole this whole uh discord uh online uh google hangout situation we got going on i just named like two different uh, applications but you get what i mean yeah it's been uh, it's been a thing to adjust to, but slowly but surely, I feel like I feel like we've gotten it down. Well, I appreciate the day in the pre-show when we were setting everything up. Kevin finally told you that he could bring you a desk and move your bed over to the giant empty side of your room. Because <laughs> pan down and show people the desk you're working on right All now. Right. If they're, if they're video so listeners. for people who don't know, I'm I, I legit like that am, is the smallest desk. It's not even a desk; it it's an end table. It's a table. Yeah, no, legit. Yeah. It's like it's my my, my uh, nightstand. It's like yeah. the table that's right next to my bed. And I had to convert it because, like, I didn't have a desk at my place because I don't have, like, a PC monitor or any reason to have a desk. Who, uh, why would you? Why would you? Yeah, no exactly. Need. Like, why would, what am I going to do with the PC? Taxes? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, and so I have, like, a whole empty space, like, over there on that side of the room. But one, there's not a uh, – there, there's not, like, a, an outlet for plugs, so I can't, like, plug mm-hmm. things in. And then also, like, it's, like, my gaming space over there. Like, I have, like, a good, like – I have good distance between me and the TV. You got like, feng shui like, over there. Yeah, it's basically like a living room in, within my bedroom. It's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you got to let that go. I, I love my <laughs> living room as well, but I think I got to put a desk in here, right, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin, do you think you can... can me? 
Oh yeah, I, I sit crisscross. I, I I use the coffee table as this. It's my streaming setup. When I'm working, I take the laptop and I go to the kitchen table. When I'm streaming, I go right here and do this. Yeah. Why don't you uh, stream from? Yeah. Is what there a reason that? you don't stream from the kitchen table? It's so far away. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah, this this gives me some separation. You know what I mean? I don't need Lucy James coming out here advertising GameSpot. No, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Exactly. Are you ready to talk about some PlayStation stuff? I am ready. Good. We're going to talk about if the PlayStation 5 is getting delayed, if Nintendo should go after Dreams creators, and so much more, because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Each and every week, Blessing and I come together to talk about all things PlayStation. Uh, you know, reviews, previews, uh, what's going on in the news, all that jazz, but more importantly, talking to you about it as we share this wonderful world of XOXO. Uh, if you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash games. You can give us your questions, your concerns, your comments, and of course, your PSN profiles to rate here on the show then if you're on place or no if you're on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can also watch us record the show live get the show ad free and get the exclusive post show we do each and every week however if you have no bucks to toss our way no big deal you can watch us live as no you can't i already said that part sorry i'm doing the other thing uh you can get us of course on youtube.com slash kind of funny games you can get us on podcast services around the globe uh each and every tuesday morning unless there's some crazy embargo or playstation event like last week but not this week. So we're cool and chill. Yes. Um, housekeeping for you. Remember uh, that you can be on patreon.com slash kind of funny games and be cool. Like our Patreon producers who support the show, like Mohammed Mohammed, AKA Momo, James Hastings, Evan Ballard, Steven Insler, Sancho West gaming, Duval King, Jabub, Cody Banks, the secret agent, Trent Berry, Max Blair, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Tom Bach, nano support, Michael Bradley, Joseph. O. Youssef. today, ladies and gentlemen, we are brought to you by Blessing. Give me a drum roll. On your little wooden desk. Thank you very much. We are brought to you today by Mint Mobile and ExpressVPN, but I will tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be this week's X's and O's. Greg Miller. Blessing. Junior. I have just one question for you. Yeah. Is PS5 getting delayed? Thank you for asking this question blessing because here we were prep prepping our little show you got something to say kev what the ps5 watch run it kevin great job I, kevin. I know my, my energy is way different from what that actual graphic is <laughs> right because it's like oh let's go playstation 5 and the graphics like i can't chill. i can't hear the music but i imagine the music is like chill kevin can you confirm is the music chill Because I'm live for the kids. Yeah, the music's really chill. There I am. God damn it. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the garbage truck rolls on. Uh, yes, thank you for asking this question because, of course, it's a question uh, that popped up today. Bless. We we're putting together this show. We have all sorts of things to talk about, right? Their clarification on this backwards compatibility business, uh, mm -hmm. what we've been playing, uh, what's going on in the league, and all that jazz. But then I was looking through patreon.com slash kind of funny games and found this question from Brandon. With the state of everything, do we really still think that the PS5 will be released later this year? And it got me thinking. It's an interesting question we really haven't delved into here on PS5 Love You yeah. XOXO. It's been asked a lot, but we've not really taken the time to really dig deep. And so, Greg, let's dig deep. Uh, we have a few 
a few references here, a few reports here that we that we have from uh, different sources. I'm going to start off with Dave Thier at Forbes, who wrote on March 13th, the much anticipated launches of the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 are likely to be delayed by the spread of COVID-19. And an analyst report projects. The disease, which the World Health Organization officially declared a pandemic on Wednesday, has begun to touch virtually every aspect of daily life and the global economy, sparking widespread concern and the stock market's worst day, worst one day loss since 1987. Video games are ultimately just one small part of a troubling global picture, but they are certain to be affected along with the rest of the economy. DFC. DFC Intelligence recently released a statement uh, and forecast for next-gen consoles saying that it expects the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 to be delayed out of their current holiday 2020 launch, citing widespread global uncertainty about the spread of the virus. Quote, coronavirus is likely to have a major short-term impact on the delivery of both systems. There is a strong likelihood one or both systems will not make a 2020 launch if the systems do launch supply will likely be con constrained and initial pricing could be a uh, could be higher than expected currently the the economy is in an unpre unprecedented state of uncertainty even if the situation clears up in a few weeks the ability to manufacture and release a high-end new game system has already been severely impacted end quote writes the firm in a note dfc DFC Intelligence echoes a statement from Nico Partners senior analyst Daniel Ahmad, who recently said that we could see either limited supply or uh, limited supply at launch or delayed releases if the virus continued to affect manufacturing through Q2 2020. And then Alex Avard at Games Radar writes this on March 18th. Five the days PS5, later. Five days later. The PS5 is still on track to meet its holiday 2020 launch window, a representative for Sony Interactive Entertainment has confirmed. Despite concerns about the ongoing rise of COVID-19, of the COVID-19 pandemic across the globe. The news was confirmed by BAAS, the Amsterdam PR agency for Sony Interactive Entertainment Benelux, Benelux uh, in a statement to Dutch tech website Let's Go Digital, stating that, quote, coronavirus has not yet delayed the launch of the PlayStation 5 for the time being, end quote. And then Takashi Mochizuki at Bloomberg, uh, and this is from over a month ago, on right. February 16th, Right. So what happened here? Yeah, is I wanted. Yeah. To, so often, sorry, just to give you more context for what I gave you all here. So yeah, Brandon yeah. asked the question, and I was like, "Yeah, what is the latest on this?" Found the Forbes article, then found this PlayStation follow-up. Right. I want to talk about all that, but for context, then I was looking into what's going on with Switch because if you remember back in February, which is what you're about to read from, right, from Takahashi, mm -hmm. uh, is that in February uh, 16th here on Bloomberg there was this report to which I then have a follow-up from March 19th. All right, so this is the report from March or from from February 16th from Bloomberg. Nintendo company is likely to struggle to supply sufficient Switch consoles to its US and European markets as soon as April due to a production bottleneck caused by the coronavirus outbreak, according to people with knowledge of the company's supply chain. Limited component supply coming out of China is affecting output at a Nintendo Assembly Partners factory in Vietnam, which the gaming giant primarily uses to build consoles for the U.S., said the people asking not to be named because the, the details are private. A shortage of components this month would affect Switch units scheduled for arrival in April after existing inventory and current shipments of the console have sold through. And then this is the follow-up from uh, Gabriel uh, Gatika at mdctheReporter.com on March 19th. And so this was four days ago. Nintendo Co. is feeling the, the effect of the coronavirus. Shuntaro Furukawa, CEO of the consumer electronics company, confirmed in a news briefing with 
routers that uh, Nintendo Co. is experiencing production and shipping delays of its Switch console and complementary uh, complementary accessories like the Joy-Con controllers. The Kyoto-based company moved part of its production line from China to Vietnam last year to escape the financial barriers brought by the, by the Sino-American trade war, Router Reports. Um, am I pronouncing that right? Is it Reuters? It's Reuters. It's Reuters. Reuters. Uh, Reuters rep- reports. However, the coronavirus outbreak in China poses new barriers for Nintendo Co. According to Bloomberg, the outbreak has slowed the, slowed down the export or uh, the export of manufacturing materials from China to Vietnam, where a major assembly factory used to build consoles for retail in the United States is located. Lack of manufacturing components to build the Switch consoles this month means that o- means that once existing inventory is sold through, Nintendo Co. will be faced with insufficient supply of the product. And then lastly, bringing it back to PlayStation, uh, today, as of, the ta- as of the time we're recording, PlayStation updated the PS5 page on PlayStation.com. Uh, now the graphic has the PS5 logo and says, PlayStation 5 is coming. Under it, it says, launches holiday 2020. Um, and then under that, they they uh, they talk about their de- or their uh, hardware details that we've gotten recent um, information on. And so they write, we've begun to unveil we've we've, be- we've begun to unveil more details behind the technical and hardware components that make PS5 such an innovative and powerful platform. The ultra high speed SSD, integrated custom IO support or IO system, custom AMD GPU with ray tracing, and highly immersive 3D audio. With these capabilities, PS5 will allow developers to maximize their creativity, building expansive worlds and new play experiences in the games they design. For more details on tech- on the technical specs of PS5, visit PlayStation Blog for a developer deep dive from Mark Cerny, lead system architect. Um, and then they have the sign up below thing. But Greg, yeah, all that said, all that context, oh, with all that context now being provided, yeah, will PlayStation Five get delayed? I don't know, and I I feel like it's so hard, right? Because obviously everyone who's watching or listening to this knows the world they currently exist in and know what 2020 is and realize that three weeks ago, right? It was such a different world, let alone what it was like last week, let alone what it's like recording this on a Monday afternoon, what it'll be like when you listen to it on a Tuesday morning. Things change so quickly and there's obviously key components we're missing that we, so you can't make, uh, you know, the most educated guess. Mm-hmm. Pulling at it, because I mean, obviously, like as they go into in both the Nintendo articles, right, they're talking about moving it from China to Vietnam, right, which then obviously is thrown stuff off with the way China was hit, the way if they can get the materials to Vietnam. What does that mean for PlayStation 5 being manufactured in China and how many people are out? And as the pandemic has spread worldwide, obviously, China's actually been better to get on their feet and better with regulations and better to get back towards in the timeline normalcy, right, just because they had to deal with it first. So there's a lot of missing parts there. I feel, based on everything we're hearing in these several uh, articles, right, the most likely thing is that the amount will be limited. That there'll be yeah. fewer PlayStation 5s out there than no PlayStation 5s. And, yeah, and I know that that's some of the stuff we have from the uh, in- industry analysts, including uh, Daniel in here, right? Like that that seems to be the most thing, you know, because, yeah, in the top article, right, who Daniel Ahmad, who said uh, either see limited supply at launch or delayed releases if the virus continues to it. Right now, based on how it's sweeping the globe, I would say you're going to see fewer PlayStation 5s out there. I think that Mm -hmm. would be the impact, and that's against Sony. I think the number would have to get so dramatically low for the amount of PlayStation 5s to be that if they're only making... 
however many thousand. If that's all they can produce, that's when you delay it. But as long as they're hitting somewhere close to what they want, somewhere further out to what they want, it's fine. Yeah. Part of me wants to hope that we're we're far enough out from the PS5 launch that maybe by the time they start really ramping up hardware manufacturing, all of this has been settled and maybe not over, but settled enough contained. that to where yeah, contained and nor- like normalcy comes back. Yeah. Uh, what I think could be could play a part in this whole conversation is games because we've talked about it before that one like we don't really know what effect that uh, this whole thing is like coronavirus is having on the industry as a whole because it every single day it feels like it's getting more and more ramped up as far as what the effects are i feel like, i feel like now we have a good idea uh, as far as like the the um the breadth of it right yeah. it's affecting the whole world right now um but yeah when it comes back down to games what does working from home mean for all these companies? Does that then course, slow development? Do we see? Do we then see game delays because of that? Do we have a bunch of games from launch then delayed? Do we think that then that uh, might that's be a another great? That's a great point too, Bless. Yeah, yeah. Like that's does that mean? Point. Yeah, if you if consoles get delayed. It, yeah, if you figure if your PlayStation, you're going to hang your hat on Horizon Two. If her, mm-hmm. if if Gorilla working from home, which I'm not sure if they are or not, by the way. Uh, but let's say they were for this argument. Uh, if they're working from home and that delays that game and you have no major first party title or whatever that you don't have the major exclusive you yeah. thought you're going to have, does it make most sense to wait and go? And, you know, you get into such an interesting question. I think the wiggle room becomes, and granted, this is again, talking out our asses. Like, is it, is, is, is the uh, supply chain being affected? Are games being affected, et cetera, et cetera. I think the thing you'd have that, might work in their benefit is that obviously fiscal years are different than uh, calendar years so -hmm. that you could push it to January, February, right. And still have at least some of the impact you would have seen. Obviously Sony as a corporation would prefer to be selling PlayStation five for as many months as possible. But if they think they're not going to be able to deliver, then maybe you do hold back. But then again, that's such a, as we've, now that that's out of my mouth and we're talking this through as a, like a arithmetic problem. Mm -hmm. I don't think they give a shit about that. Right. Cause they care about you buying the system, which you're, which you would do. And like again, think about it. If there's 25 percent less systems, then you're definitely going to buy it, probably. And I'm not throwing it around in the PS3, 599 US dollars. You're, you're definitely yeah, going to get a second job to buy this. I don't mean it like that. I mean it in the way that if suddenly there's 25 percent less, there's even more demand for them that you're going to buy it, and then you will sit there and be like, man, it sucks. There's, there's nothing new to play, but I understand because of the virus. I understand because of how this has been affected. Yeah. And like, I I want to say, say like they're, they're preparing Horizon Zero Dawn 2 for, for launch. I want to say that that game getting delayed alone wouldn't be enough to make them want to delay the, the PS5, but the domino effect of maybe it is and I, I keep I keep invoking NAC three, but it's because it's like the easiest it's the Stop! easiest example. Do not make this thing in it real. Do not will this into existence. <laughs> it's the easiest example of a launch title that I can think of that like w- that doesn't necessarily have that huge impact of something like Horizon, but something that Sony would put out there as like a, like a title you can you can get at launch uh, for the technical aspects of it. This is what yeah. this is this is taking advantage of the PS five because of how many different. Uh, Knacks there are within knack or whatever those things are but like the dom- <laughs> the domino effect of horizon being delayed okay we gotta delay knack because it's not ready because of, right. uh, because of how things have changed okay cool we also have to delay um um Resogun developer you know what i'm talking about 
yeah, we got to delay Housemark's game that might be uh, coming at launch. Who knows? Um, we got to like, at what point is it like, okay, there's so many titles that we're, we were preparing for launch that have been fucked because of timing that yeah. now we just got to delay the whole thing. I Here's the thing is, those are great points, but I think those are points that we would make as enthusiast press and as fans, sure. right? Whereas I think PlayStation's MO on this one it would be, hey, we only have 75% of the stock of PlayStation 5s we wanted. We don't have the games we wanted, but all the games people already have run better on this machine. So put it out yeah. there. They'll buy the machine and they'll buy it more like a PS4 Pro right now than they would a PlayStation 5, which won't show off the power of it in terms of what it can actually do with something like Horizon 2. But will, you know, Rainbow Six uh, Siege is going to work on it. You know, you're going to play Fortnite on it. I'm going to play Division mm -hmm. on it. Like you're going to be able to get in there and have these hopeful knock on wood for everything faster loads. You're going to have the backwards compatibility knock on wood. <laughs> you're going to have all these things that even if it isn't this next gen step forward buy a whole new library thing it is a it is next gen and it is they know that we will buy it because we'll be excited for it and they know that if there's even fewer people buying it it's probably going to be think of it then it's like you're getting down even more to the hardest of the hardcore the people who will wait in lines or you know be up at 3 a.m to make sure they hit the pre-order button like us that listen to this show where mm -hmm. i think I, even outside of that, of being excited just for the games I already own to run better, to play Spider-Man without any loading or whatever it'll be, I think you'd then have everybody. I mean, look at us. Look at us right now as we record the show from home, and like you know, there's uh, something audio gets fucked up at the front, or this is whatever we cut out. Like everybody's like, we understand we're all in the same boat. I still think that if you were to launch 75% of the PlayStation Five stock in November or whatever, and there were no games, you could easily message that of like. Hey, you know, we wanted to make sure we got it to you so you'd have the best machine, but yeah, you have to wait for all the exclusives. And there's going to, I mean, I, I'm speaking out my ass here too, but you figure that if they treat it like PlayStation 4, there'll be that indie double A scene that is driving yeah. towards this and does have content for you to be there for. And let alone, like, maybe they, you know, if they wear it on their chin of like, hey, yeah, like this didn't go the way we wanted to. Obviously, the, we're still, we're a world still recovering and in, in dealing with this coronavirus. You know, we've included, PlayStation Now, you know what I mean? We've given you six months of PlayStation Now, which are three months that'll get you to January or February when we do put out Horizon 2 yeah. or whatever it is. They're like, send us your ear. We'll we'll send you like exclusive headphones that'll help with your HTFR. I mean, that's all you need too, right? <laughs> is if you just toss, send us your ear. <laughs> 3D print your inner ear so Mark Cerny can look at it. Um, yeah. But it's also like if you just put in like, you know, whatever day one avatar you want or anything like that. Like I think... Uh -huh. I understand, especially coming off of the back of last week's presentation from Mark Cerny, right? Again, I thought one of the most interesting things in there was revolution versus evolution and how PlayStation 5, at least from what it sounds like right now, without them really coming out and touting the bells and whistles and what it does, does read to me as this is an evolution of the PlayStation 4 in the same way that my Pro was an evolution. And I think, whereas me personally, even though I obviously own a Pro now because my other one died, me personally, when they announced the Pro, I was like, this is a weird half step. This is hard to get excited for. I don't like your messaging here. The PlayStation 5 is completely different of like, hey, it's a brand new thing. It's going to do all these new games. It's going to do this different thing. Like, even if it is that I'm buying in early on that, I'm, you know, early adopter ground level, I think you'd get enough boom off of that. And, you know, I think, again, where this would be a completely financially driven thing, they wouldn't care about like, what the initial reviews of the PlayStation 5 are. They just want it in your hands. Yeah. They want you to buy it. They want you to turn over your money. I think they do it. I'm going to throw out a hypothetical question for you. Love it. 
say things things get fucked with manufacturing on the playstation side and this is the thing that i'm not necessarily expect, expecting to happen but it's a what if say somehow ps5 does have to get delayed to spring 2021 because of all this uh yeah. and xbox microsoft xbox they're able to move forward and launch the xbox series x in fall what ripple effect do you think that then has on the console i mean obviously xbox gets the lead just by i mean dollars and cents in numbers right if you selling two is better than selling zero Mm -hmm. um and i think that they would get to not dominate the conversation but it would definitely do what we're always talking about with the xbox uh, i'm sorry the xbox series x versus playstation 5 which is all you need is i think people just crack that xbox door and glimpse in at all the programs they have like i feel like if you were if you're so jazzed for next gen and you're so ready for next gen and playstation does get delayed suddenly you have that and and granted keep in mind that i'm working with this as of march 23rd 2020 in the economy we're in right now Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously if things get way worse this all changes because i the other thing is you get close to these consoles is like what does disposable income look like for most of humanity you know what i mean like are are we are they really going to be like we're talking about like delays we're talking about games we're talking about this like if we just talked about it right of like with kevin before this like if this goes on another full-blown month like things are going to get even worse and i'm not even talking about like health and people going to the hospital i'm talking about like people and businesses closing and people's funding or uh uh, you know way of paying the bills going away and so like that's the thing of like that's the other big question for ps5 and xbox series x before we even get to the your question is if the economy completely fucking tanks and suddenly we have this giant jump in unemployment and all these restaurants and businesses are closing down and not reopening. Like, is that even the right time to launch your stuff? Like what, you know, are people going to be wanting to go out and buy a high end console? There's no, you yeah. mean, you're on these tracks. You can't really stop it, but are, like, are people even going to have the money for it at that point? Like right. if the economy is tanking. Are people going to want to spend the, the disposable income to buy a PlayStation five when they could be using it on, Food, food or whatever yeah, yeah food medicine rent you know what i mean and that's the other yeah. thing of like where are these freezes gonna be i digress jumping that hypothetical track back to your hypothetical track let's say for the most part everything gets on track and nobody gets screwed up when you get there i think that giving that gap if it's three months four months i think you suddenly then have a question in your head of like well fuck i was only gonna buy one at launch anyway now there's only one at launch i will buy the xbox and i'll buy the playstation 5 when we get there and i think mm-hmm. that you see a lot of people who say that and have the best intentions of doing that and then when we get there have they been won over by x cloud have they been won over by game pass have you know what i mean like they bought it i'm gonna buy it just for halo infinite and it comes with two months three months of xbox game pass and suddenly you're like oh man there's all these games on here i never played and you're playing those and then by the time you get to mm-hmm. playstation are you as motivated to get out the door and buy a playstation 5 yeah like I wonder if that then ends up as like a repeat of the PS3, Xbox 360 generation, where yeah. the 360 got a head start, uh, and like the PS3 kind of bongled its its launch period. And that's why but, it's like not exactly yeah. apples to apples, right? Because there were so many moving parts to that of like PlayStation yeah. totally fucking up their messaging and not having but a like, working store. We are still kind of at that. Uh, like that that all could still happen, right? Like I mean, we talk a lot about the the Mark Cerny talk last week which definitely like wasn't like the biggest stumble but i kind of see it as an overall stumbling block for playstation as we're getting as we're as we're on the road to ps5 how does that does 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 this situation that we're in right now play into the to play into a domino effect that ends up 
being bad for the generation of PS5 or end up in a case where PS5 has to play catch up now halfway through the the next generation of consoles. Like I'm very curious to see it. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, it's funny because, you know, all last year I kept saying I couldn't wait to get to this year and see it because it was going to be such a fascinating year for games. And like, and it got way, it got very fascinating. It's going to be even more fascinating because now there's all these outlier things of just like you figure, you know, I know it's a tired story, so stick with me. I'll get to the new part in a second. But, Mm -hmm. you know, coming off the back of PS3 and 360's generation where we're like, all right, one more console generation, then it's over. And then to have PlayStation 4 be this runaway success and just fucking break all these records and shoot up this list. I'm sure, and I'm, I'm sure I speak for so many of the listeners, viewers watching this too in their own personal lives that were like, man, this year is going to be great financially. I got a raise. I did this. Now you're not getting as many hours, right? Think about that now from internal of corporate for Sony, right? Of like, we got this. We still have the tiger by the tail. We're not going to fuck this up. We're coming into PlayStation 5 hot. Oh, fuck. The world, the economy is in free fall right now. And, you know, you can look to it right now and be like, well, everybody's playing Animal Crossing. Everybody's playing Doom Eternal. Everybody's buying these games. It's like, yes, but that's week one, one and a half, two, depending on where you live of this pandemic yeah. of stay at home. It's not, and it's also a $50 to $100 investment if you, or sorry, $60 to $120 investment, depending if you bought both or whatever. Like, imagine that, you know, you multiply that out that everybody's, if it launches in November, right, everybody's out of work for seven months or something or has reduced hours for seven months. Like, that's a completely different ball of wax to actually have you buy into this high-end electronic. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, like. It's so different and there's so many layers to it. And what I thought was interesting that I wanted to, pull out of these things is that the Alex Avard piece from games radar, right. With this quote from uh, the Amsterdam PR agency that does it for Sony interactive. Mm. That to me, like, don't get me wrong. Great job from let's go digital for getting that quote and doing that. That is, that carries no weight at all with me in the same way that we, the, the today they put up the PlayStation five is coming. Like they updated the website, right? This, it, it smacks so much of it of when I got in that argument with kids for, like seven months about Persona getting delayed, where I'm like, Persona's going to get delayed. And they kept going, Greg, the website says it's this year. And I'm like, motherfucker, it's just a fucking marketing website. Like this PlayStation 5 thing is just a marketing website. And don't get me wrong, it's with the best intentions. I don't think anybody at PlayStation is like, fuck, we're delayed a year. Don't tell anybody. I don't think that's what's happening. Yeah, like right but, right now it's planned. Right now they're they're going for, for fall. And I'm sure there's conversations that are like, yeah. hey, what are our contingency plans in yeah. case things go super south? But that's not changed. They are they're if, still a 2020 release. And that's my thing with this uh, Games Radar piece, right? Where the quote is just so weak and it's from a third party, right? Where it's like, quote, coronavirus has not yet delayed the launch of the PlayStation 5 for the time being. Now, granted, that's a translation, right? So there's something else going on. There's stuff going on there. I think it's translation, actually. I'm not sure. But the fact that you follow that up with from last week, this thing from the CEO, right, uh, of Nintendo, confirming that, yes, they're experiencing production and shipping delays of Switch. Like, that is like firsthand in the shit this is what we're seeing not that we're the pr company which means that there are so many different layers to us in the answer that that's what we're being told by playstation so that's what it's got to be yeah the crazy thing to me right now is that i'm at a point where i would not be surprised surprised if the ps5 got delayed like i'm not i i'm definitely not going to say i think it will or i think it won't uh because like i what do we know right yeah yeah, like exactly like we're, we're not scientists or like researchers or uh psychics um but like uh cut to us talking to like a nuclear physicist and he's like i don't know why would i know <laughs> yeah he's like oh what's a ps5 uh but i wouldn't be sur- i wouldn't be surprised if we got the news like a few months from now and then totally. out, and we're like hey 
like we're pushing this out state of the world all this stuff and i'd be like that makes sense like I, honestly it's that's, not even that's the crazy thing to me it's not even a few months from now because i just again with the way and i'm not trying to take shots here the way sony mm. is about their messaging and marketing and like letting not letting there be a phil spencer right now who's out there talking i don't think you hear about a few months from now i think you hear about it a year or two from now when this is kind of passed because also like there is this element to it of just like if you're playstation right and everything i just said and all these internal you can't boohoo this like people are dying people are losing their jobs people can't yeah. work like you know what i mean you can't be like oh yeah. we can't move as many units we're really upset about that you know what i mean like it sucks yeah but like the problem yeah. is everybody has something in their life right now that sucks and there's yeah. this like range that goes all the way to you dying that is like oh that's really the shit so you're saying at that point like the communication is like hey we're moving the ps5 but they don't necessarily say it's because of covid or anything i think they would but it's i think what i think is going to be more interesting is that i don't think there'll be clear messaging at launch whatever they come out we have the playstation 5 and i i again what i'm talking about to dial it back is them putting it out this year and putting out fewer units I don't think okay. they would say, hey, we're still going this year and we're putting out fewer units. I think they would just do the, hey, we're yeah. launching the PlayStation 5, buy it. And then it gets snapped up even quicker. But it's that thing of, I don't think you message it ahead of time to let people know that there's fewer units. I don't think you get in front yeah. of people and say that you're, you've limited it because of it. I think there's some weird PR CEO way to say it in an interview and move on to the next question. And then I think years I from now, there's a, oh yeah, we didn't have. 25 percent of what we want yeah i don't even think you acknowledge it like i like platform or uh, uh scarcity product scarcity is the thing that has been practiced in video games like well if you just look at nintendo uh yeah. and the way they kind of dealt with like the wii and and, and and all this stuff like i feel like they could just go out if, if they plan to do like a hey we'll do 70 percent of the of the of the um stock that we have you just go out there i think you just release it and then a few weeks later when you're being interviewed about like hey where are all the ps5s it looks like they're not on shelves you, you are then like hey this this year uh like manufacturing has been down uh and you just like roll with that i guess really we're all gonna know it too like you know what i mean yeah. like and that's that's what's so fascinating is i think xbox could go the other way xbox could and probably will just lay all their cards on the table and be like hey guys you know, we're doing fewer Xboxes because of COVID, uh, Halo Infinite's delayed, all this other stuff. And you're going to be like, yes, thank you for saying that, Phil. That's exactly what it would be. And PlayStation, I think, will get caught up totally in the PR marketing speak of, hey, all right, well, this is what we thought brand consumer, you know, like whatever the fuck they're going to say to make it happen. Yeah. We'll see, Greg. We will, Blessing. Are you ready for story number two? You know it. Sony is posting an update about PS5 backwards compatibility. This comes from the PS blog. And now what I've done, is i've taken <laughs> there are three communications about this uh i got like a lot of shit on twitter for over the last weekend because i said uh during their latest communication about backwards compatibility i said it, i said that they're still being confusing which i stand by i understand fully what they're saying and i'm gonna get into it uh, i understand where they're at and what and what they're finally saying but i still want to point out it's messy communication Rather than go A to B, right? They went like A to T to S to then to Q, and then they got to B. You're like, okay, yeah. thank you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it all out, right? Lay it out for last, me, bless. Last week we watched, we all watched the the PlayStation Road to PS5 presentation uh, pr conducted by Mark Cerny. These are Mark Cerny's original words regarding backwards compatibility. I I went, I watched it, I typed it down verbatim to make sure I got it word for word. <laughs> These are Mark Sonia's words, quote, 
Running PS4 and PS4 titles at boosted frequencies has also added complexity. The boost is truly massive this time around, and some game code can't handle it. Testing has to be done on a title-by-title basis. Results are excellent, though. We recently took a look at the top 100 PS4 titles as ranked by playtime, and we're expecting almost all of them to be playable on PS5. That makes sense. That for makes most sense. Part. Yeah, okay. that ma- to me, that makes sense. To me, that says most PS4 games are going to be playable on PS5. They just took a look at the, at the top 100, and most of them are playable, and we are translating that to the vast majority of, P- of PS4 games. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's, it's funky wording, but that's, that, that, that was like my first takeaway until we got to the blog that came out the same day after Mark Cerny's original words. The, this is the blog wording, which we were going off of last week, which made us think that only 100 play, PlayStation games are going to be playable. This is what the blog said. Not even. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, we're excited to confirm that backwards compatibility features are working well. We recently took a look at the top 100 PS4 titles as ranked by playtime, and we're expecting almost all of them to be playable at launch on PS5. With more than 4,000 games published on PS4, we will continue testing We'll continue the testing process and expand backwards, backwards compatibility coverage over time. That's very bad wording. So that's that the makes- one that makes it completely sound like we have less than 100 PS4 titles that are going to be backwards compatible. But yes. there's 4,000 of them and we're working on getting you more. That's exactly what that sounds like. And that's what we we're going off of uh, last week because that's what they put down in their blog versus what Mark Cerny said in 20 seconds during a 52-minute uh, presentation. This is their latest update that came out that clarifies the previous update that was very confusing, all right? So this is what they write on the PlayStation blog. A quick update on backward compatibility. With all the amazing games in PS4's catalog, we've do- we've devoted significant efforts to enable our fans to play their favorite their favorites on PS5. We believe that the over- overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be playable on PS5. We're expecting backwards compatibility Backward compatible titles uh, will run at a boosted frequency on PS5 so that they can benefit from higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. We're currently evaluating games on a title-by-title basis to spot any issues that need adjustment from the original software developers. In this presentation, Mark Cerny provided a snapshot into the top 100 most played PS4 titles demonstrating how well our backward compatibility efforts are going. We have already tested hundreds of titles and are preparing to test thousands more as we move toward launch. We will provide updates on backward compatibility along with much more PS5 news in the months ahead. Stay tuned. So to me, that clarifies the previous blog. That, tell, that tells me what they, what they really meant was, hey, most of the games are going to be playable on PS4 on ps like most ps4 games are gonna be playable on ps5 we just took a snapshot at the top 100 as like an example of hey most of these games work right however and the boosting aspect and 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 this is this is where i say this messaging is met is messy right it's because when we talk about boosting they say um uh ps5 can benefit from where okay they say we're expecting back-compatible titles run at a boosted frequency on PS5 so that they can benefit from higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. One, that's not like solid language. It sounds like they are very, they're very much in the figuring things out stage. Exactly. Which like, I, I, can, I can understand. Like, that makes sense. Like, I, I wish I had more clear and more direct language about what's going to happen with the games, but I get it. You're trying to boost these games. You're trying to make them, make them better. Cool. Um, there's that. There's the fact that 
when they when they say we believe that the overwhelming majority of the, of the 4000 plus PS4 titles will be playable on PS5, they don't use the word launch, which they've used previously. They just say those games will be playable on the PS on the PS5. Um so that's another thing where I'm like I wish y'all I wish y'all clarified launch or do you guys not mean launch? That's another thing. Yeah. Um but overall clearer idea of what they mean. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's there's two different things happening here, right? Of like, yes, how to your point, how poor and convoluted this messaging is that we need to hear it three different ways to try to get to what it actually is. Yeah. And so it is this boosting thing, but does that apply to everything? But then, yeah, what you're talking, we believe that, mo- I mean, like, right? We, period, no boosting mentioned at all. We believe, and this is the most recent statement, we believe that the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be pay- playable on PS5, period. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, but to your point, at launch, at later, launch, they don't say at launch; they just say playable on PS5. And it's like you again, where you know we've talked about it all last week when we did PS. I love you, and we were talking about this of like Xbox is nailing messaging. Xbox sounds cool. Xbox makes all this digestible. PlayStation yes. is doing the opposite of that and making it unwieldy and making it sound like they have weak points, but maybe they don't. But maybe yeah. they do. But I don't know. Xbox like everything's backwards compatible. You have an Xbox library that all runs. All right, great. And Next th- question. And this is a thing where this is. I mean, this is the reason why last week the Road to PlayStation Five presentation that was done by Mark Cerny might have been a mistake because there's so much language in there and there's so much context and there's so much explanation and me watching it like. Remove, remove from the console race, remove from everything else. Me watching Mark Cerny, I enjoyed what he had to say because I was like, like the whole time I was like, man, this is a smart dude. But I'm learning things about game design and technology and the ways <laughs> those things interact that I would not have learned otherwise. Now, now take that and put that within the context of everything's going on, the way that Microsoft has been explaining what they what they're doing, uh, the way the what our ex- expectations are as an audience for backward compatibility and for what the features of this this thing is going to be, and it's like. Like we got like it's not they're not being clear and direct and straightforward enough. Like they don't have the bullet points that Microsoft just ha- uh, has. And I know that and sounds I, basic, but like it's bullet not, points though, can no. go a long way. It's it's almost like they're trying to merge the PlayStation that I don't love, which is the buttoned up. Here's the presentation. They're trying to merge that with hey, we want to be authentic and we want to be open and honest, and you know what I mean. And like it's very mm-hmm. similar. Like I feel it's. You can look at this Road to PlayStation video with Cerny, right, and find a good example and a bad example. I thought it was a good example to talk about their expanded storage, where they're like, I thought Mark did a great job of being like, hey, when I got interviewed by Wired, I said this was better than anything on the market. It still is. This one's close, but by the time it comes out, we think they're going to nail it. Yeah. Now, what that means is you're going to have to talk to, we're trying, and I'm like, I get it. This is new tech. You guys are pioneering, putting something brand new in there that's catching up. I have to wait until I buy the hard drive for that. That one is complicated, but they made it simple. They yeah. did a good job of laying out here's the what, why, and how this is going to go with. And I'm like, got it. I will wait for you to talk to me about it. This one is so much closer to gamers' hearts. And I feel like it's such a, yeah, a bungled messaging of whatever's going on. Of Most of them will be, some of them won't be. And again, like, this is easy stuff right they're talking about oh the overwhelming majority of the 4000 plus will be playable on ps5 i would venture and hazard a guess that at the launch of the playstation 5 the games that'll be backwards compatible will be all the games you would legitimately be ready to play on day one Mm -hmm. it will be your divisions it will be your rainbow six it will be your you know what i mean like no i don't think you're gonna be able to 
reach into the archives of the PlayStation 4 and, you know, grab whatever disc you had that maybe launched with it. Not, I, I, bet, I bet Kills and Shadowfall will be ready to go. But some other random-ass disc and come back at Madden 25 and pop that in and have it work. I think it's going to be the stuff that, do you really give a shit about that? Then no, we're not going to make time to make that one of the ones that's working right now. It's similar, you know, it reminds me of with the uh, PSN name changes when they finally came around. And it was cool. It works for most stuff, but some stuff from PS3 and early PS4 might break forever and your leaderboards will fuck up. And it's like, well, yeah, who the hell cares? Nobody cares about that. Something that yeah. that's that old obscure thing. I'm sure there's one or two of you out there. that are like, no, I fucking need this one game that I go back to and it's my junk food. And like, hopefully by the time you go back to that junk food, it would be covered. But it's like, honest, whatever. honestly, like part of me wishes that Sony didn't have all that language during the name changes stuff, because I've not changed my name. That was one of the big reasons. Why I, I, yeah, yeah, like I was like, dude, like when they first announced that, I was like, oh, I'm not changing my name. And even still, I've heard nobody talk about any of the issues no. that have come with PlayStation name changes. And I'm still like, oh, we'll see. <laughs> like, I, let me just wait it out a little <laughs> bit. Like, what if I change it now? And then that then screws screws up a game that I bought recently. Like, I have all these thoughts in my head because yeah. they're being so uh, like deep with the communication when they could boil it down and you know make it a bullet point and make it like make it simple like i i mean it's very easy to to compare to microsoft because they're like the only competitor like they're the direct competitor to playstation but smart delivery is such a such a smart uh no pun intended but such a smart term in order to to advertise what they're doing i know we had some like confusion with that too as far as like all right what does smart delivery mean but when you both like when you boil it down that's a bullet point that you could take and be like okay cool like my if I buy a game on Xbox One, if it has smart delivery with it, then cool. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna know I'm gonna be able to play that on Series X. Like I'm good. And it's such a simple uh like it, simple messaging that goes a long way into making us understand and making us be like, okay, cool, no sweat, we get it. Yeah. Um I had, I had a lot of people even tagging me in this Xbox tweet from uh March 20th, uh where like after I said that the PS5 uh, backwards compatibility language was confusing. People then tagged me in this Xbox tweet that that reads, "Correction, and this is from Xbox at Xbox on Twitter. Correction: To date, we spent over 100k hours testing your favorite games from Xbox One, including including existing backward compatible ta- uh, 360 and OG Xbox games on Xbox Series X. While we are still in the process of validating, we can confirm thousands of games will be playable at launch." And people were tagging me in that, expecting that I'd be like, "Oh yeah, like that's also confusing," or "Oh yeah, that's like also like." Not acceptable, but that's very clear language. Thousands of games will be playable at launch on the Xbox Series X. Like that's kind of that's that's kind of what I'm looking for as far as uh, as far as like clear marketing, clear messaging. Back to your point, right? The, this they're clarified. This is our final statement. We believe that the overwhelming majority of four thousand PS titles will be playable on PS5. Period. Not will be playable on PS5 at launch. We'll be yeah, playable, we'll on playable PS5. at PS5. And that contextualized with all the other kind of murky language that they have uh, within the other statements kind of makes it like, all right, like, what do you like? What what is really happening here? Like, I understand you guys are in the process of figuring it out. I understand you guys are testing, testing a bunch of games. You might not be able to say at launch because maybe you're just not sure. Well, it just sounds better, right? And here's the yeah. other thing is. Do people give a flying fuck about this? Quick jab <laughs> writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, I know this is a loaded question, but is PlayStation in trouble? The recent backwards compatibility debacle, I feel, is the clearest sign that PlayStation 5 is going to have a bad start out of the gate. 
at this point, while games releasing uh, this year on PS4 even work on PS5. And historically, consoles don't launch with that many great games. So is there any way to spin this news in their favor? Like, the question here really for me comes down to is, right now, we are all in the desert. And we are so thirsty for anything PlayStation 5 related. And for the road to PlayStation 5 to come out and be as technical and deservedly technical, you know, for GDC, I get that. As technical as it was to botch one of the few things the general gamer watching would have wanted from this is so, so much a problem that now it is, I think, personally, it's being made into a mountain out of a molehill. I do think, and granted, I know we just spent all the first story was like, is it going to get delayed? Will there be any games at launch? Yada, yada, yada. Let's put all that aside for two seconds, right? Because that's definitely not what their plan was, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. For this actual launch with this, does anyone really care about backwards compatibility? If you put it in your fucking... And you can play Destiny 2 on it. You can play whatever game you're bringing over from the last gen on it that you're like even in the middle of. If you can play Doom Eternal on it and stuff like that, does it matter Like that something from... I don't even fucking know, 2013 or whatever? Is yeah. it going to run it? The Order 1886, which might not be a good example because that was a first-party game. But, like, yeah, like... I and mean, I'm, yeah, it's another I'm, great example, right? Of like, yeah, like, you're, that's what you're hankering to play when you, you know, yeah. you popped in. And that's the thing. The games where it probably would matter the most, we've had some communication about, um, or we, will, we can probably expect we will get some communication about. Like, Division 2 will probably be, probably be playable on PS5. I don't know if they've came out and said it, but that's probably a thing that we can assume. At launch, I pro- would say probably. Like, I would, ex- I would, at this point, I expect it. Um, and, like, I, at the end of the day, these are very small things. And to, um, uh, to the question that was just asked of, um, uh, at this point, I'm trying to, oh, is, Sorry, I'm trying to find the exact question. While you do that, I want to read. I, I gave you a Google. Go for here. It. Robert Ramsey uh, over at PushSquare.com has an article from February 11th. No plans for Division 5 port. I'm sorry, a PlayStation 5 port of the Division 2, says the dev. Uh, talking to Yannick over there, he, Yannick said this. What I can tell you is that we are not making a specific version for those for those consoles he says for those for those consoles uh we are very much focused on just working on what we have now and making that as good as possible uh so i mean to me that makes it sound like it's not getting a port but since obviously it's backwards compatible would be able to work yeah and then that's what i imagine is that that will be supposed to be backwards compatible and they're probably working on division three in that case the uh the thing from the question i wanted to point out right i feel uh quick jab writes i feel is the clearest sign that ps5 is going to have a bad start out of the gate I'm not necessarily sold that PS5 is going to have a bad start. I've had some like, I've had some worries over the last like few weeks or over the, over the last like month of communication, right? But mm-hmm. I'm still of the mind that Sony can come out with a state of play a month from now or two months from now or whatever, whatever the big state of play for the PS5 reveal or the, whatever the big event is for the PS5 reveal that comes out and they're like, here's the PS5, here are the games, here are the features, here's uh, Shuhei Yoshida talking about indies. Oh, I wish they can. They can we come out and do that. They can come out and do that, and it can it, it could still be a banger, and we can all be like, "All right, we get it now. This is why you guys were silent over the last few years is because you guys have been cooking up cooking up bangers." And again, like moving out of this whole, what is coronavirus going to do to it? Like, even if I don't think it'll fuck up the announcement, little maybe dates like we're talking about, but not the announcement. Like, I really do think that all of this will be a moot point when we get there. Yeah, because that's how this always goes. Is that we get these little crumbs and you, we all get so hung up on them and spun up about them. And then by the time you get to the actual reveal of these consoles, it is either 
here's the big programs, here are the big games, here's what it actually looks like here. You know what I mean? Like, cause that was the other thing I'm going off of when I was going back with the number one story here on X's and O's about uh, delaying the PS5 of like, well, like, fuck, when is the PS5 going to be in production? And I was trying to Google around. I couldn't come up with it, but it's the fact of like, it's not yet. But then again, it would be the fact that if they fell behind, on, if your plant falls behind on your production schedule, when you come back, you don't jump to back in line, right? You have to catch up on what you're already back on. And there's all these different questions of what's going on. But this is such a small, minuscule thing of like, I, I understand that I'm, I've never been the backwards compatible person. I am. I think more than ever, I am this generation with games like Borderlands 3 and Division stuff that I'm, you know, Predator, hopefully, if it turns out good, that I'll be entrenched in and have a life with and like want to bring with me over. But I, again, I think that if those titles, if the current titles that are big deals for online gamers, right, and more recent PS4 titles, which is such a huge selling point, if those aren't working, then PlayStation is in, in such huge pr- trouble. I don't think that'll be the case. I think by the time we get there, by the time we see their big presentation or whatever the hell it's going to be and understand what the box looks like and what games are coming for it, I imagine this will be ironed out in a way that it makes sense to us and, is, and very much uh, comforts your fears and makes you believe that, yeah, you can play your games on this. I agree, Greg. Number three, this is our last item on the X's and O's. X's and does, con- does content claiming pose a threat to dreams? This is from Zach Zweisen at Kotaku. One of the most popular and downloaded Mario character models in the PS4 game Dreams has been removed after Sony received a complaint from Nintendo. As reported by Eurogamer, a Dreams creator by the name of Piece of Craft, who made the popular Mario model, recently tweeted the news that Sony had pulled their their Mario from the game. When fans asked why, Piece of Craft explained that an email or that in an email they received from Sony, it mentioned that Nintendo had claimed a copyright strike on the model piece of craft and others aren't sure what will happen to any current creations that feature the now removed model it seems like at least for the time being popular dreams games like super mario 64 hd are still active and playable (laughs) even though they contain the now removed model while we don't know exactly or while we don't know the exact reasons why nintendo decided to remove this mario model now some are speculating nintendo is now closely watching the game and its creations after an announcement that Media Molecule developers behind Dreams will start allowing players uh, to make money on their creations. Uh, first of all, did you catch that last announcement that Media Molecule allow creators to make money on their creations? Because I didn't. That's not a new story that we've covered. I don't think. That's yeah. Uh, really? No, we talked about it last oh, week, didn't we? Is that, is that? We talked about the beta evaluation thing, but I don't remember. Yeah, that's it, what they're referencing. Gotcha. I didn't remember. I didn't recall that talking about money, unless maybe it was like a throwaway. Well, that was the whole thing, right? Of like, who owns the IP? You own the IP. Where can you put it? We'll put it over here, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but Greg, does content c- claiming pose a threat to dreams? Yes. No. I think it poses a threat to. Oh man, like it's not the wild west. You can't do any ass, cr- you know, crazy ass thing out there. But this isn't new right like i you know i i had it here over in my notes right uh gamesindustry.biz monday the 10th of november 2008 little big planet levels removed over copyright fears yeah (laughs) this is from matt martin right media molecules are moving user created levels in little big planet where they feature copyrighted material or other unsuitable content and it goes on like this talking about what they're doing what they're taking and why like i think you know this has been the biggest not question because again this is an old thing but as dreams is getting ready for launch and so many people were looking at it there were these big questions of like well how are they going to handle this kind of stuff and 
I think this is how you handle it. I think you have to honestly let it be for the most part a company by company, IP by IP situation. Because I guarantee that when they remade Dead Space in there, even though they're EA, I bet EA is not like we have to go after these people. They're like, that's something we don't care that much about, and it's cool that they're doing it. When they remade PT in there, I doubt Konami was like, fucking get on the horn and shut it down. Like, oh, that's really a cool thing. This thing of making Mario, like Nintendo's always been among the most like protective of their IP and what they want to do with it. And like, yeah, they have so many different, I think arcane rules when you look at even streaming, right? Where if you, you're going to stream, you have to be in their program or whatever. Like, yeah, there's all these different things to it, but I don't think it's a huge threat to dreams. I think honestly, this is going to, this won't go over well probably, but I think it's a good thing for them. I want to see people be motivated to make their own shit. When I turn on dreams and I play shit, I'm not usually going in and being like, wow, yeah, you, oh man, you made this Tomb Raider level. I hope you remake all of Tomb No, like make your own thing. I, I think it's cool to get inspired by something like this. I think it's awesome mm. that somebody in, you know, in dreams was a piece of craft, I guess, right? Was like, I know Mario. I'm going to go make a Mario model. Wow, I did it. Wow, people love it. Oh, it's taken down. That sucks. Let's make some other models. What else could I do? What and you hope that it pushes them outside their comfort zone to start making their own creations. And that's for the record, I should look up piece of craft on indreams.me. I don't know if that's the only thing they've done or if they've already seen that or if they, you know it was a lark or whatever. What about you? Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is that I as far as as far as creativity goes and as far as creation goes, I'm a firm believer that like the way you get better at doing these things. Like the way you get better at sculpting or creating a game or doing whatever is by copying and is by like like emu- emulating what you love and then learning how to do that on your own. Um, and so like if if for example like we all know Mario, we all know World One One, right? If recreating yeah. that is is your way of being like if if recreating that is your way of learning the tools, I think that's great and I think that's valid and I feel like that is probably the most useful way of learning new tools is by re recreating or, or, or emulating what you yep. love. Um, Starting so on not, something like you, you already know what this should look like. Let's do it to get a handle on the tools. Yeah. And so I'm not like the biggest fan of Nintendo kind of taking down uh, Mario from dreams. It's within, it's within their right. You know, if they oh, want yeah. to protect their IP, like go for it, do all that stuff. But I'm not necessarily, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, you could let this slide, but um whatever as far as like does this pose a threat uh to dreams i don't think so like i like one uh we've we've talked about on this show about like original creations and uh how like right now there 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 are a lot of uh fan creations and dreams there's a lot of fan art there's a lot of um uh like fan fictiony type of stuff like people people making dreams based off of already established ip uh, and I think that's for the reason that I just said is that that's the best way to learn. But yeah. um, I think the best creations from Dreams are going to be original stuff. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I also don't necessarily see like a lot of companies going after Dreams and and claiming stuff. I don't think that's. I hope that's not like a thing that'll happen. And that's the thing is, I really, yeah, I don't do not think it's going to be a widespread thing. And again. Nintendo is among the most aggressive about this. Like, you know, yes. even, we always joke. Well, first off, let me give a shout out to Piece of Craft. I'm on his in dreams.me uh, pay, uh, uh, page here. Uh, right now, uh, level 126, artist and animator, uh, has a whole bunch of Ninja Turtles here. Has Donatello, oh. Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael. I sent, I sent one to you, Kevin, on Slack. And then he's got what looks to be a level here called Imperial, uh, I'm sorry, Infernal Hunt that he collaborated on. So, or they collaborated on, I should say. But like to your point, to what we were just talking about, there you go, oh, kind of, you have it in a second. Uh, 
right now, we always talk about this, right? 3,500 people are online playing Dreams right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like Dreams is not fucking Minecraft or Fortnite or something that has these millions of people on it, consuming it, being a part of it. Like, I don't think you have to worry about people really running in here and being like, wait a second, that's RIP. Take it down, do stuff. Unless it gets into super... They're all having a bunch of sex or whatever. But then again, yeah. on Pornhub, that seems to keep going. No problem. I don't know. And like that said, like Dreams is also not the PlayStation marketplace, right? It's not like a yeah. play. Well, right now, people aren't like making make, making money off of it. I guess the road, like the road is probably leading there for the beta evaluation for people to be able to, to uh, I don't know. Exp- and this is the thing I've said, right? Export the stuff into Unity or whatever it may be, um, which I can understand that that being a scary factor for companies or for ip owners when you see that but overall right people aren't making money off of dreams people aren't selling them people people aren't really like people aren't aren't doing things in dreams that are then going to affect how you're doing your own business like none none of the mario creations in dreams yeah like none of the mario creations in dreams are stopping people from playing mario um so that's kind of where i stand yeah, and I'm with you on that. And I think, yeah. again, it won't be a, that a, a severe of attack. I also do think, yeah, I'd rather see <clears throat> people make their original creations, let alone, like you're talking about, that people aren't making money off of it. But as we talked about, what, two weeks ago, last week, about this whole beta and the ability to use your IP and move it around, like, that's only that I'd rather people start removing stuff and realizing that IPs matter then get to the point where media Malik is going to be like, all right, cool. We figured out a way for you to make money off your creations. And then people start trying to do it and they can't because, you know, three months ago they used something from, they used the fucking ring from a Sonic creation that people are like, well, now you can't use that because that's a Sonic creation. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I should also point out for the, the dreams beta evaluation uh, in the wording in their blog post, I think they said specifically that it's, it's for original creations or like for your original ip um yeah so throw that out throw that out there but so uh you want greg, somebody thinking their original ip is mario yeah exactly uh well that's it for the x's and o's greg well blessing before we move on let's have a word from our sponsor this episode of PSI Love UXOXO is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead and then passes the savings directly onto you. Uh, Tim noticed that his mom was paying for a whole bunch of stuff with her cell phone bill. She shouldn't be. So when this came through, he switched her over to that. And they've had nothing but good times, sun rays and stuff. I don't know. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of L- oh, I'm sorry, 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped directly to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash you. That's mintmobile.com slash you. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash you. Up next, it's ExpressVPN. Now, we all know, of course, because we've talked about it on the show before, ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But 
here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are locked up and stuck at home, not going crazy at all, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So this whole week, we have a bunch of people we know that we gave this stuff to who have been using ExpressVPN to binge shows on other things like uh, Doctor Who on the UK Netflix. Uh, it's so simple. All you have to do is fire up the ExpressVPN app, uh, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and bam, you're there. Netflix, not Netflix. I don't know what that is. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can suddenly have and go through. If you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason we think ExpressVPN is uh, so great is because it's ridiculously fast. There's no buffering, no lag, uh, and it's compatible with all of your devices, your phones, your media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch whatever you want on a personal device or the big screen wherever you are. If you visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash you, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash you. All right, we're back with the next segment, Whatcha Playing Blessing. I'm going to do something unheard of. Oh. Start. I'm going to start. All right? Whoa, twist. I've been playing a little game called Half-Life Alex. Hear me oh. out. That's Hear on PS VR now? Oh. No, it is not on PlayStation VR. Yeah, wait, but I feel I'm like I'm going to go to my PS4. I'm going to turn it I on. I feel like it's very important. Alex. It is very important to bring up on this show because there are so many PlayStation VR fans on it. Of course, I have a full review up with Danny O'Dwyer, me, Irish Cream, over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, uh, the Gamescast podcast feed, if you want to get it there. Um, I don't need to spend much time. There's a full review on it, but it is awesome. It is great. It is very much a VR game, and I want to ask you blessing do you think you're going to end up playing this on playstation vr in a couple of years do i think half-life alex is going to come to playstation vr yeah i would hope so i don't know enough about it to know like what is like technical and what uh, or technical. what it's like technically. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I should be asking you this question actually does it seem like something that could translate over to the technology of psvr i think if they did a playstation vr 2 yes i think with the whatever they're going to do under the hood of playstation 5 and whatever they do next with playstation vr i think it makes a lot of sense there I because played I would on, love to. Sorry. I played it on the Index, Valve's new headset with the finger, finger tracking and stuff. And mm-hmm. I played it on this PC that I'm streaming off of right now. And it took up like 68 gigabytes or whatever. And so like it was pushing it and it's super detailed and it's super beautiful. And I do think, you know, Danny uh, in our review talks about it being a game of the year contender for him for sure. I talk about it being definitely a, P- a VR contender, a game of the VR game of the year contender for sure. But it still feels like VR, which was my knock against it in quotes, where it's like, you know, the enemies aren't bright. They're giving you a chance to, you know, react, which is cool because I'm in VR and I need to reload or I need to duck down or I need to whatever. But it also then kind of broke the immersion that the rest of the game was so good at setting. But I wanted to put it on people's radar for PlayStation VR fans because I know there are so many PlayStation VR fans. I think it's definitely worth looking into. I think it would be interesting if it does end up coming over here uh, to PlayStation VR in some respect eventually. And I think it will because even though Valve was asked point blank, I remember in preview coverage about this, if it was going to, and they said there's no plans on that, blah, blah, blah. I do think that their statement and their desire to put it on so many headsets make it seem that they think they have something special which they do mm-hmm. for a vr game and i think getting that in as many hands as possible is definitely good for the medium okay 
I, w- I want to see it come over. I I haven't had much faith. I know every other Half-Life game has been on console and Valve historically At some point. <laughs> on, on console. Um, but like it's been a wh- it's been a while since Valve yeah. has really put out a big game like this. So I don't know like if they how they've changed as a company and as a studio in terms of where they would put software on. Totally. And so, yeah, I thought this was an interesting tweet. Now, granted, it is launch day, as we recorded this Monday, of Half-Life Alex's uh, life cycle. Uh, Matt Piscatella, uh, another one of the analysts we talk to and follow in the industry or whatever, uh, he put up this tweet, right? Half-Life Alex, 19,000 concurrent players, 238,000 concurrent Twitch viewers. Meh. Hmm. Thought that was... I mean, granted, it's the middle of a Monday, so like maybe not, you know, whatever, but it is fascinating to see how overlooked this game will be because it is vr and i came at it you know danny came at it as a half-life fan for life i came at it as somebody who's never completed a half-life i came at it honestly as somebody who loves playstation vr like that's my vr unit up until i got the quest which i love as well but i came at it as somebody who's played a lot of vr and wanted to see what it was like and i, I thought it was uh, impressive and i wanted to put it on people's radar and i will stop talking nice. about pc games now well it, don't get me wrong, i hated it all week I hated it all week having to talk about PC. Before before we stop talking about it, uh, is this something I can I can borrow from you? Can I borrow Half Life Alex from you? I don't know why you turned off your Slack notifications. I don't know. Friday, my phone, Friday my phone as soon as stop. I fucking finished the review with Danny, I said I'm done with the, the index. If anybody wants to borrow it in my Steam account, crickets. I, crickets see, I have from a theory. Everyone. Now, granted, you're all console people and you're great. That's that. I mean, that's true. And I have a theory that it's because I don't close Slack on my computer and I just shut my laptop and my Slack okay. is open. And maybe that's why it doesn't notify my phone mm. because I miss all the Slack messages for some for some reason. My phone yeah. doesn't ring. Yeah, remember, it only I, rings I think manually. I don't know. I think the game's embargoed. Yeah. No, it was Persona, right? Where I was like, here are Persona codes, and then you, that was like on a yeah. Friday too. You came in on a Tuesday. You're like, can I get Persona? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, everybody has Persona, and we haven't gotten it yet. And I just check my I check my Slack, and it's like, oh no, we got Persona four days ago. Blessing, I like a good back and forth. Tell me about one of the games you've been playing. I have been playing Untitled Goose Game. I'm sorry, two-time Game of the Year winner Untitled yeah. Goose Game? Wow. I, it, it got to the point where I decided I can't ignore this game any longer. Untitled Goose Game has won <laughs> both. It's won both Dice Game of the Year and GDC Game of the Year, which are two very respectable Game of the Years. And the so, Game of the Years that are given out by the people who make your games. Yeah, like Game of the Year for the people who like know... like. Yeah, how to make games, right? These are developers that are that are running this thing, and uh, it's aside from that, Untitled Goose Game has become such a big game in terms of even what its name is that, or its not name is, I don't know. Um, but it's hard to ignore, <laughs> um, because it was like weirdly enough, like one of the biggest games last year, and so oh, yeah. I decided to try it out. I decided to play it, and it's fun. Like it's a fun, like small game. If you're unfamiliar somehow, it is. You play as a goose. Uh, you press R two. If you're unfamiliar your with the game, you play as a goose. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you you basically go around these different neighborhoods, and you, or I guess it's like one neighborhood now. I think about it, but you like you. It's one you like go, connected town, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a small like connected town that you're that you're walking through, and you're basically just ca- causing havoc. Like uh, you are annoying humans. People are trying to go about their day, and you're just messing their days up. And that's the whole game. You have like a list, like a checklist. That you open up as like your list of objectives and it's like like an objective will be something like um uh make the the um or like spray spray the sprinkler on the gar- groundskeeper or um uh make the guy who's sitting in the chair reading the newspaper make him take off his shoes or make this lady over here break her vase and it's like stuff like that and yeah. you just have to figure out how to how to figure these things out it's like a little it, puzzle game right 
yeah it's like an it's basically like an environmental puzzle game where you're like you're looking at what's going on in the neighborhood and you're like okay how do i make this thing happen um and actually some some weird ways it kind of reminded me of playing tony hawk underground uh I, I know it's like it's it's very much like a weird a weird analogy but like in the same way as in those games you are just given random objectives and you're trying to figure out like how to make the guy who's peeing off off uh into like in canada who's like in tony hawk pro skater 3 who's like peeing into the lake how to make him fall into the lake it's a similar kind of thing in entitled goose game but entitled goose game is less of like a arcade game is more of a like i'm gonna walk around and i'm just going to just fuck with people um so now have you beaten it no i think i'm towards the end of it like yeah. it's according to kevin it's not that long and i've played multiple hours of it at that at this point um so i don't even know if i want to go back to it like it's fun but it's not like fun enough for me to be like oh i gotta see the end of this like see ding 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 that was my thing with two on top yeah. of this game because i played it at launch when we got it because i had seen it at events and it's obviously adorable it's super cute but yeah, I did the first two like maps, right? So I did like the whole picnic area thing and then into yeah. the, your first time into town. And I was kind of like, cool, I get it. And I put it down and I never picked it back. I was never like, I needed to go back in. It was, it's, it, I'm not taking away from it, obviously, but it strikes me in the same way as like, uh, I'm not a puzzle Donut gamer. County. It was a puzzle thing. It, even Donut County was like, and this sounds bad, I guess, but I didn't, I didn't have to think as hard with Donut County. Whereas with okay. Goose, it was very much like, well, how do I do A to B? It's like the same reason I didn't play adventure games outside until they became like Walking Dead Telltale games, which yeah. were choose your own adventure games. And rather than, hey, how do I make, how do I, you know, this napkin and this microphone will, you know, wake up Lucy or whatever. Like there's all these weird things you have to do in adventure games. Like I don't even want to do yeah, that. It, it, my thing is, I don't know what's fucked up about my brain that I gravitate to that. Like I, I, I hey, know no, like, all sorts of gamers do it. This is very much a Greg yeah, thing, not a like, but like, but like, I don't understand what I do though. Like I, I'll play a game like Broken Age and Broken Age is probably one of my favorite mm. games I've ever played. And it is that type of adventure game. Like it's kind of an old school ish adventure game, even though it came out in probably like 2015 or 2014. Um, and you are like combining weird things in your inventory to try and make make a thing happen. And Untitled Goose Game is a similar thing where it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I guess, to get this guy to take off his slippers, I'm gonna let's see. Let, I'll, I'll try and make him walk in this water to wet his feet. Okay, that didn't work. All right, what if I? All right, no, I ran out of options. I really don't know how to do this. Like that was, <laughs> that was legit me playing this game this weekend. Until, what oh, up, sorry. Kevin? The the actual ending of that game, I feel like, is very satisfying in a way I did not expect. <laughs> Something happens when you're like, oh, okay, this is why okay. I hate this prick. I'll push through. I'll push through then and, and finish uh, it because I have to be close. Where are you? Where are you? Have you gone through the the restaurant? Yes. I'm like at the I, – I think I just finished the restaurant. Dude, you're right there. Just push through. You can do it. Okay, I'll push through. I'll Don't push be a through. coward. You can do it, coward. Uh, I am a coward though, but like, and overall, game's very simple. Uh, do you think it's game of the year? Is it game of the year to developers because it is so good at what it sets out to do? I imagine so. Like, and this is what I was—I I, I was actually streaming this game uh, a couple days ago, just as a casual thing for like t the twenty people in my in my in my Twitch chat, um, and having a good time. And it was it was one of those things where I was talking about it, and I was like. Yeah, I think I I think the thing that developers see in this game is the fact that it is so laser focused on what it is and the style that it's going for and the vision that it's going for, and it is uncompromising and it is unapologetically just the 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 goose game. Um, and it's in terms of in terms of all all of the moving parts of it, like the art style is like great, like it's it's cute, 
it's simple. Like there's not like a, it's not like they nailed it. They nailed what they're going for. They knew what they were doing and they nailed it. The sound design one, the soundtrack is actually pretty cool. Cause it's like, it sounds like it's like diegetic. It's like um piano, piano music that responds to what's going on on screen. Um, but like, yeah, the soundtrack is great. The, um, the, <laughs> the objectives are like cool. Like every, everything that's going on in the game works to what it is in a way where i'm like i can't fault this game like this game doesn't do anything that's like bad really like this game is is, is solid it's small it's simple yeah. it's quirky but like it does what it, it sets does, out to do it does what it sets out to do um it definitely wouldn't be my pick for game of the year now that i've now that i've had time to, to actually play it but uh I ain't, I, I ain't mad at it i ain't mad <laughs> i ain't mad at it i don't care that much about it that's what it is yeah yeah Cool. Uh, right, the next one. I, a, I was gonna say, yeah. Did you have another a, a game that you wanted to throw out there? I, I have. I have been playing something else this week. Let me let me read off the screen to make sure I don't screw up the name here. Twin Breakers: A Sacred Symbols Adventure. Have you heard of this game? I've never heard of this. I'm kidding around, of course. I have heard of this game. You have heard of this game, of course. Yeah. Uh, the game Colin Moriarty wrote. Uh, kind of funny co-founder Colin Moriarty. Um. Yeah. So Colin hit me up with a code. Uh, to last week two weeks ago and finally got in there and it's a brick breaker obviously uh if you haven't seen the trailer you should see their debut trailer when they it's announced like, it because it's, it's like great. pong right yeah exactly well it's it's more like well there is a pong mode it's more like a arkanoider breakout gotcha. so it's more like you know rather than going against somebody else which you can do or well there's a pong mode You're, that's why well, that's probably what i saw in the trailer was like the competitive pong mode that looks like that i doubt it because it gets it, what i love about the gameplay and we'll get to all that in a second is that they do turn it on its head and make it like you know what i'll get to it in a second uh mm. so the idea yeah is that uh it is a brick breaker in the style of arkanoid it's you know it's made to look old school you know what i mean like you know 16 bit or ish or whatever but obviously more than that but it, you know what I mean? you got your uh you have and basically you have the two bars at the bottom bouncing back the ball split in half of the screen uh one side you control with the right stick one side you control with the left stick right and so it starts you start at the bottom you know with the two split there obviously you can't cross over each side of them you have to stay you stay on one side of the screen with each bar um and you go back and forth there and you're bouncing the bricks up there and you're 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 bouncing the ball up there hitting the bricks the bricks have uh roman numeral numbers on them counting down to show how many taps they have left on them before they'll break away and go obviously your idea here is to clear out all the bricks uh to advance to the next level if you lose the ball you have lives up here if you lose all your lives you have to either sacrifice points or just restart the level and go through that way um i love brick breakers so i was super stoked to get this jumped into it it's 40 levels through for the story stuff uh then it opens up new game plus to replay them again so it's you know same 40 again but a little bit different or whatever uh even though i can't tell you the differences off the top of my head but i'm going through again and i'm getting s ranks easier this time around even though i don't know if it's my skills or not uh but then outside of the main menu that there's a bunch of different uh added modes to it of like i was talking about there's a shooter mode where you're just shooting stuff there's a, a pong mode where it is like this however right what I wanted, it would talk about them getting complicated. So it starts off like you'd expect with the two bars on the bottom. Uh, one's named Greed. It, it's, so let's take it all back, all the way back to it. I've explained the core gameplay there for you, right? The idea is that uh, Colin wrote this game. And so it opens with the most Colin Morty, Moriarty ass intro. I've, I, you know what I mean? Where it's like, there's no VO, it's just text. So it's Colin mm. fucking telling you like 300 years of world history to get you to fucking play this brick breaker which is what they talked about in the original uh trailer when they put it out of like a brick breaker with a story mode because it's a very simple simplistic game mashed up with this crazy story about 
you know, interdimensional and aliens and time travel and all this shit or whatever and black holes. It's all very Colin if you if you've missed Colin's writing or him talking about that stuff. Um, so that's all there. And so then when you the two ships you have are greetings and salutations. Uh, and so you travel them back and forth. But then eventually in the game, as you start going through the levels, bless, they go from the bottom to the sides. So that's what looks like Pong, where you're shooting. Gotcha. Back and forth. You still control both of them with the independent sticks or whatever. But <laughs> then like a real motherfucker, they have them on the sides and on the bottom. And so you have both oh, two okay. sticks up and down on, with one stick and up and down with one stick and then right and left with one. And it's like, that is when the game became the most uh, pat your tummy and rub your head thing for me, where it would be like, the ball's coming over to this corner and I know I need to move this one, but I'd move the left stick rather than the right stick and die or whatever. Um, like I said, I like Brick Breakers. If you like Brick Breakers, it's 10 bucks. It's super fun. There's a lot there. The biggest, oh, there's, I, I have my notes here, sorry. There's, you know, uh, all sorts of power-ups and power down. You can make your uh, your paddle bigger. You can make it smaller, which is, a you know, this. You can get uh, the guns to shoot different bricks, all these different things and whatnot or whatever. However, the thing that I need to compliment it the most on, of course, because, you know, Colin writes the game, the other guy, uh, whoosh, I don't have it up to pull it, but I, I think it's Lily Mo Games. If you can Google that for me, oh, yeah, um, right. programs the game and does all that stuff. But I know I had seen a tweet from Colin talking about how uh, he had done the trophies, obviously, and that uh, he, even when he said it to me, he's like, the trophy list is perfect or whatever. The thing that's perfect about it is that for trophies is that when you hit the pause screen, you can go into the trophy room, which shows you a bunch of the collectibles because, of course, Colin wrote all these collectibles to give the world more story or whatever. But more importantly, you can hit stats and it shows you how close it like has, you know, if you're trying to get... 50 silver coins or whatever it'll show you how many you've collected so far like the number and that updates as it goes and it's overall global for the game so you can tell that system was designed by someone who appreciates trophies quite a bit which i appreciate it because i keep looking i'm like you know jumping through looking at how close i'm getting i come back and i have to look at the how many i'm on to for getting gold coins silver coins uh reflecting things back using the bars and special abilities or whatever uh it's mm-hmm. really well done and so yeah it's like to be clear a super simplistic uh, brick breaker right in this old school thing with text or whatever but if you like brick breakers i, and I had a lot of fun with it i you know i'm still working on the platinum right now because of course i beat that i had to move on to this week's psn game then there's another review we're working on for next week there's a bunch of stuff but until i platinum it i'm gonna have it on here and keep going and try to s rank the s ranks i'm worried will break me as it gets back to because right now i'm st- I'm only s ranking the stuff that's down here i haven't even moved to the sides yet but once we add all four in bless i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh lily mo games was it lily mo so i think i got it then yeah when i said yeah it. you got it yeah, but yeah, super simplistic uh, brick breaker. Really enjoyable. Ten bucks. Nice. What's your uh, last, final game of the week? Lastly, I I I played uh, Rocket League uh, last night with Barrett Courtney uh, during his stream. It was a and fun thank time. you because yeah, Barrett hit me up today and like, what are your tweets for today? And then he was like, also make sure you make bless talk about Rocket League. Did he embarrass you? Did you embarrass yourself? He fucked me up. I don't even know what happened because <laughs> we played best three out of five. In the first two matches, I got him, Greg. And it was like it was like coming back home because I consider myself a Rocket League savant. That's a lie. I don't do you I, now? No, I but I think I'm I think I'm pretty decent at Rocket League. Like for somebody who like like I draw the line at flying. Like I can't like fly and stuff like the way you see people fly when when they're playing like advanced, where they're using sure. the boost to like launch sure. itself up in the air and do all that stuff, right? I'm like a couple levels below that. But like I I'd like to think that I'm like good for like that level of player and i was dude i was destroying barrett corny the first two matches taking that match boss th- baby downtown 
then match match three was contested. Match three, it was like seven to five. He beat me, and I was like, wow, what a good match. And then Greg, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but like matches four and five, he legit beat me like eight zero. Like, no joke. And I don't know, like, I don't know what, what activated in Barrett. I, I want to believe it was just one of those things where he hustled me and like he handed yeah. the controller over to Alyssa. <laughs> and Alyssa's and, and like, <laughs> like a nine-time world champion Rocket League player. Sure, and that's yeah, how yeah. It, how it happened but um pretty fun game that game's but rocket, rocket league doesn't get enough. pretty fun okay good <laughs> yeah no uh, rocket league is literally like probably what yeah i'm i'm gonna say top it's in my top 30 for the generation that's what i'm that's how i'm gonna put it top 30 rocket league is in there i don't know i don't know where at in there i would have to actually like write write the list but rocket league for sure up there in terms of like great games of this generation it's just a perfect video game like it's it it has no faults. <laughs> like it's so good, and it's and its concept and its design and everything is just good. No, you're. I mean, that's always been the thing with you know Rocket League. You know, especially speaking of Colin, I'll never forget because you know Jeremy Dunham, obviously a guy who gave me my start, one of the co-founders of Podcast Beyond with me. Uh, you know, it was his game, and he was trying to get us to come see it. And I remember Colin went and saw it and came back, and he's like, "I saw Dunham's soccer game," and I was like, "Oh yeah, the one with cars." He's like, "Yeah, it's good." And then going to play it and see that thing take off, like it's exactly what we're talking about, right? Of like a game that sets out to do something and does it incredibly well. And, you know, yeah, it's not setting out to be a fucking story or tug at your heartstrings or whatever. It's setting out to be fucking awesome gameplay that everybody can get behind. And the fact that, you know, it's always going to be the poster child, right, for PS Plus success stories of like, hey, here's this game. We put it on there and it took the world by storm. You know what I mean? And it was to the point that I'll never forget when we were... Well, I always love when I say I'll never forget and I can't remember the details of the story. We were going to an event and I remember Freddie Wong hitting me up about like, hey, are you going to are you bringing your PS4? I want to play more Rocket League. And I was like, you're like the most PC oriented guy that I, I we hang out with and talk to. And the fact that you're like so jonesing for a hit of Rocket League was pretty impressive. Yeah, there's one video I want to I'm, I'm trying to find it on, on YouTube so I can properly suggest it. But there's one video on that was on GameSpot. Like in 2015, like when Rocket League uh, first started getting popular, when it first came out, um, it was from Daniel Dwyer, and it was a whole video. Oh, about, it was a whole video about how Rocket League is like, like basically like a better soccer game than FIFA. Like it was that <laughs> kind of thing. It was part of his his series called The Point. Um, oh, the point and is like, so good. The Point is like literally one of my favorite videos. It sucks that Danny once he left games. GameSpot, he stopped doing content and just went away forever. Man, I know, right? In fact, I'm going to call out Danny D- Dwyer on some real shit. He, when Daniel Dwyer left, stopped doing the point, which broke my heart, but I understand it because no clip, fantastic. But he then started a thing called a video game. It was like arcade something, or no, something tapes, like a lost tapes kind of thing. And he made like an oh. episode about like he made an episode about the cl- climbing in Zelda Breath of the Wild fantastic thing never did it ever again but then he came out and did another thing <laughs> that was supposed to be like the 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 next step of that and i and i think it was on like doom or no no it was on PUBG. it was like a, it was like a episode about PUBG that he put up on his personal channel i want to say did one episode of that never did it again what a coward you know what you i mean what commit. a lazy coward you gotta commit because it's great content i love the content it's like my favorite thing um, but he did one of those on Rocket League. It was bas- it's basically a video essay talking about Rocket League and how it functions at a, as a soccer game, as like a very excellent soccer game because you're playing that game the way that a soccer player would play soccer, right? Like 
FIFA, if anything, is almost like more strategy than it is soccer. Um, when you get down to like the mechanics of it, Rocket League is mechanically soccer from the way that you're approaching the ball, from the way that yeah. you're positioning, like for your teammates, all this stuff. It feels like a truer soccer game than a soccer game. Um, and so I apologize because I can't find the actual name of the video, but yeah. go look up the points. Everybody tweet at Danny O'Dwyer and say, hey, where's this soccer video blessing was talking about? Boom, he'll do get, that. He'll get it. He'll know. And he'll then tell it. him to start doing the point again. Yeah, just steal it from GameSpot. They'll never know. Just steal it. They haven't used it in like six years. Exactly. Exactly. Three Blessing. years. I can't count. Doesn't what matter. Up? It's, it's just it's just noise. Don't worry about it. Uh, that's not all I played. However, the next thing I played is in part of our series. 104 PSN games ranked. Are you ready? Whoa. I was born ready. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, each and every week we read through the drop on the PlayStation blog and pick a different PSN game to play. The next week we report back and rank it in one ridiculous list you can find at kindoffunny.com slash 104 list. 104 list. The rules are simple. We can't pick the same game. We can't pick something that's AAA, and it shouldn't be something we were going to play anyway. So, like, no after party. Right now the top 10, because we're already at 20 games, is uh, number one in new entrant last week. Undernight in birth exe late control r <laughs> <laughs> late clear sure sure whatever uh number two darwin project number three hidden through time number four foxy land two number five mosaic number six zombie army four dead war number seven underhero number eight super destroy not land wars number nine it came from space and ate our brains number 10 throw anything bless this week you picked comico camico uh kamiko Kamiko, you're making that up. Yes. And I picked Round Guard. Who wants to start? I can start. Okay. So Kamiko is basically a Legend of Zelda-ish, like top-down action game where you are you play as a you can choose from one of three characters. I chose originally the character that has a sword. Um, and so you play it like something like Legend of Zelda. Uh, you go around, you explore, you explore levels. There's, I believe four levels it's a very short game i should preface this okay. it took me like an hour and a half to beat um Ain't but i think that, that. Actually, <laughs> i think that actually works to the game's benefit because it's a it's a five dollar purchase i like i reached out for a code they never got back to me and so i paid the five dollars and i'm glad i did because like the great value for this game yeah. i really enjoyed this game as like a five dollar game like it it like it's simple but like not it's it's more complex than you would than you would expect as a five dollar game. Let me say that right. Like, okay. it's pixel art. The pixel art is actually like pretty good. Like, it's not like it's not incredible by any means, but it's like it's 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 really good. It's really pretty. Where I think in the places where it matters, the music is good. The game feel is good as like a like a very pixelated, very indie game. Like I think they they succeed on all those levels. But yeah, you're going from level to level. You are um, you are uh, taking out all these enemies on different screens that spawn every time you kind of come back to that screen. And the whole thing is you are looking for these four like these four shrines in mm -hmm. each level. Once you find the four shrines, or once you activate the four shrines, that then uh, takes you to the boss fight, and then that takes you to the next level. Four levels over overall. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. The game uh, feels good to play. There's not really like there's a story, but the story I I could not care less about. I didn't really care about anything that was going on. Okay. Um But uh yeah, like overall, like very well designed game. The level level design was pretty good. Uh you are the the whole the whole crux of the game is one, the action, but then two, you're solving puzzles that are in each level and trying to figure out how to do the next thing. It's a lot of 
let me flip this lever here that'll then activate this thing over here and so you are getting an you're getting an idea and a feel for the map so that you can navigate it better and and get to the end uh and also like there's a thing that you can that you can turn on that'll turn on like your time in the game uh because it's a short game i think the idea of it is they want you to speed run it the more you play okay. it okay and yeah overall really really fun game i'd recommend it to anybody for five dollars honestly awesome now here's yeah. my question blessing what do up? you want to tell me and everybody watching why you're fucking lying like what? we can't see your psn profile and see you have no trophies in Camico? i probably just didn't sync it uh-huh uh-huh likely story sir that's weird right. that, that does actually yeah, that it is weird like, isn't it i feel like i did sync it huh weird huh huh well, almost like you're now lying is, to us and now everybody is watching this, right now. Is this like PS Love You episode one where you looked up my profile and it looked like I didn't have trophies in September, but then you reloaded it later and then it finally populated? Not that many people are looking up my trophies. And so oh, that's a great point. Actually, you're not. not you, you raise a good point that I'm usually. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Well, first off, I don't appreciate that your, your bio is now Greg Miller told me I should update my personal description <laughs> you told me that <laughs> i know i did but i yeah you're right hold on great point great point hold on so let me mm-hmm. do this mark city 64 because you know people update mine all the time for me so i don't ever think about having to yeah. update it hold on. and then okay. mine I, I know i turned off online while while i was playing doom eternal for embargo but i turned that back on i'm pretty sure and so it should be updated yeah you don't have them you lied to us i don't think you've played oh, this that's game. weird yeah that's weird yeah. It's heartbreaking. Now I could look up my trophies on my phone, I believe, and read off the trophies I got. If, if, well, I mean, you could sync. I mean, if you're going to see that, then it would be there. Some, you're up to something. I don't know what you're up to. Hmm. If you're playing offline, if you're something, I mean, you're in the room with your PlayStation. All right, right I, admit, now. I played Animal Crossing all week. Is that what you wanted to do? <laughs> I, read, I read IGN's review of Co <laughs> when I put that up there. I'm just saying, if you ever want to, you know, not be a liar. We're, mm. we're all ready to hear it. We're all ready to be part. Uh, do you want to rank that now, or do you want me to put mine in, and then we rank them all together? Let's just rank them all together. All right, I played Round Guard, and I want to thank you again, Blessing, for this. Of course, the rules we say are simple here, right? There's only three. Can't pick the same game. Can't be AAA. Can't be something we were going to play anyway. We, it's Number three was hazy on Round Guard, if you remember. Because what happened is, on Games Daily, uh, someone wrote in and was like, Round Guard comes out today, and Tim, you're a huge Peggle fan. You should care. And I'm like, wait, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge Peggle fan. And so I got on an Apple Arcade, played it for two seconds, then got distracted, and then it came to PlayStation. I was like, oh, well, I would have played it here instead of Apple. And I asked for a reprieve from Blessing, and he, he was nice enough to give it to me. And then the next week, I sold him out about trophies. But you said I could. I got to play Round Guard on my PlayStation, and God damn, what a game. Round really? Guard is far and away my favorite thing we've I've played on this. And again, it's easy to imagine why. It's Peggle. Did you like Peggle? In Blessing, did you like Peggle? Did Peggle pass you I, by? Uh, it passed me by. I never played it. Peggle was such a... You want to talk about when I think back to starting at IGN, those early days at the old office before they moved down by the Giants Stadium. Like Peggle was one of those games of Eric Brudvig playing and hearing Ode to Joy all day long while he reviewed that game and then just played it for fun. Uh, Peggle, and you know, we can toss it out. Round guard, right, is basically from the top, you control a little cannon, and it's 2D. You move it back left and right. You, sh- you see the trajectory of where your guy's going to go. You shoot him out. He's a little cannonball or a billiard ball in this world. Uh, he bounces off of all manner of things in the game, and the idea is that you're hitting enemies, killing them, and once all the enemies are eliminated, you move on to the next level. Um, 
there's pots of gold in there that you hit that give you coins. There's uh, health in there. There's mana in there. You have special moves, which is different than Peggle in terms of having a character attack. Because what they're doing here with uh, Roundguard, right, is that this is basically a Peggle roguelike. So the start of it, you pick from either being the rogue, uh, the warrior, or the mage. Each of these characters has their own special ability. You play through the game, which is set up to be a play they don't really they, they don't really drive this home with the exception of like the load screens and then there's like an intermission and then when you i beat you know my first i beat my first run as the warrior last night and so it's like all right cool you know you conquered the beast the play's over but it'll start again tomorrow uh mm-hmm. when you're going and you've cleared a level you then get basically usually three big pots to shoot into and then you have a map you look at those pots will take you in different directions and different things so like even though i beat a run i didn't see every boss in it there's other bosses to go find and fight that way and on top of that you know for the roguelike element of it as you're playing it your character is leveling up uh this is giving you new trinkets and new abilities so like you know now when you hit something you'll throw daggers and then you know you land in a pot at the end that gives you a new weapon that's better than the weapon you had before uh and then when you beat the game overall you get a relic which then you can equip at the start of the game which changes how you play the game so it'll be like there's more health there but there's a con to it it's one of those pros and cons alter your experiences you play kind of thing um peggle by itself which was just shoot shooting different, you know, shooting these pegs, trying to clear the pegs, get onto the next level is great. The mashup of this roguelike RPG makes it even better, where it is honestly something I can totally see me being like, it's like Luminous, where I don't think I'll get it off of my system. It'll be there for me to run in and just tinker with and play with and run through it. Um, I didn't, it was interesting because, and I don't have the wealth of experience with it because I have a whole bunch of trophies in it, but the first run I did was as the rogue whose special ability uh, using mana was to double jump. And like, so you shoot out of the cannon at whatever you do. And then whatever you want to, you can on this, you know, on PlayStation hit square and then, uh, or I just hold it, triangulate where you want to jump again and go in that direction and attack that way. Um, that was great and that was cool and but i died early playing as the rogue and i'm not sure how much of that has to do with the difference in the abilities and hit points and all that stuff because you have your own hit points enemies have their hit points you're leveling up they're leveling up but last night I, when i went through and did my warrior thing i played for like an hour and a half of going through and doing it because like you know f- for this one in particular there was 45 levels and granted you know using the different uh portals at the end i skipped certain things and i moved around so i don't think i played 45 different levels but i played a whole bunch of different ones of this game and it was so much fun uh you can save and quit whenever i had a hard crash at the end of my warrior one where i blue screened and died and i was like motherfucker i just lost all that progress came in Mm -hmm. it actually had it had saved it all i was able to jump right back in and go i was impressed with that uh there's a good sense of humor to it i think all the things you're adding to it are great you know whether it be weapons whether it be armor your little character who's over in the top left will change as you do things like you know their armor and uh, layouts and everything else will be do it it's just it's a cute little game and believe it or not blessing the one and only tim gettys has been playing it whoa i know i know and i wanted to call him in kevin i'm i reached out to the voice of god if i added tim to this discord call it would fuck up your windows right yeah it would you know okay <laughs> so should i call him on the phone then no 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 call him let's try it i got i got some experiments you know let me see what as you're doing that i'm gonna turn off my heater hold on why the fuck is your heater on? I have a space heater because I'm always cold. It's true. He's always cold. That's the Gosh. thing that comes up a lot in the office. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I'm adding Tim. Confirm a new group. I'm confirming the new group. Shout out to Discord who we use to record the show and it's been going really well. Uh, you see what's happening there? You see no. What's happening? There's a little bit of me showing there. 
There's what if what? I got up and I just wasn't wearing pants? That'd be awesome. I'd appreciate it. Because <laughs> I'm wearing sweatpants and I forgot I was wearing sweatpants and now everybody saw my sweatpants. It's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PSI Whoa. 30 Under 30. AKA the second best baby blues in San Francisco. AKA the man who has a home theater at Tim Gettys. What's him, host? How you doing? Why I'm do great. How are you? Scream so much. I don't understand. Just Kevin, shut it. your fucking face. Uh, shut up, Gavin. Shut your that, fucking Kevin? face. I mean, you guys tell that, me to tell Kevin? you when the audio sounds like shit. And when you're like this, you know, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kevin. <laughs> I love uh, Tim, tell me about Round Guard. How much have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing an unhealthy amount of Round Guard on iOS. Yeah. I am now on, on PS. I love you if I can tell Correct. you correctly. Yes. yes. I, I, here's the thing. I wanted you, yeah, I don't, in this one rare occasion, blessing, if you'll allow it. I think we have to let down the platform walls. I don't so like Tim it. Can talk about, <laughs> you know you're what? Alive, you you like it. You already talked about Half-Life, so go off, Tim. Exactly. Greg, Greg is pretty loud. <laughs> in a I, was, I was leaned in. I'm sorry. I'm moving back. I'm moving back. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. That sounds better. Yeah, I no, I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Round Guard on uh, on iOS, and uh, Joey actually recommended me it. Uh, she was saying, "Hey, I don't remember who recommended her, but they're like, oh, if you like Pagel, you'll like this." Yeah, and I was like, "Huh, cool. I'll give it a shot." And it definitely fills the Pagel size hole that I have in my heart, but I uh, don't love it, and I, I feel like it's one of those PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale situations. Oh, like, here we go. It's like it's not quite exactly what I want it to be, which is unfair. I should judge it just. Do you want it is. just to be bless, or um, just to be uh, Peggle? Peggle. Yes. So, do and, you not like the RPG mechanics and the classes and the special moves and that stuff's cool? Um, but I, I think a big problem that I'm having is uh, I feel like Peggle really kind of found its uh, next gen groove when it went vertical with Peggle Blast. Having it be one handed, I think, really kind of like. With these like kind of pinball type games, I think the verticality really helps because it allows you to have the the you know ball or in the case of round guard, the little dude kind of bounce off more stuff and you get more screen real estate. It's just a better use of the the, the space, right? Sure. And I feel like with round guard, not only is it horizontal, it's really just kind of the square in the middle of the of the screen. So you're kind of limited on on how much the the like the geometry and layout of the different uh, levels can can be. And I feel like it, it kind of holds it back, and it feels a little lesser than. Interesting. Yeah, but the, don't get me the wrong. Good, the good side of it, I do really like the RPG stuff. I do like the um, kind of roguelike or whatever it is uh, system right. of of like like starting over and and like still having like the the power ups that you have and having the money that you have. Um, and it it is a good loop of wanting to just go back and and fuck up those damn spiders or whatever it is and like when you lose you're like all right i I need to go back and you i feel like you are constantly learning new strategies which is good and that's the point of this type of game yeah okay so you like it you don't love it yes exactly you are addicted to it i am addicted to it and it, it has that kind of mobile uh quality to it that that especially it being an apple arcade title i think it it benefits so much not having the bullshit gotcha stuff that Pagel blast very much had yeah um so it is fun to just be able to play it and not feel like the game's designed to fuck me it does feel like it's designed to challenge me sure and i like that i me too i can play it unlimited times and it's never gonna be like whoa 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 you need to pay or wait to to go on like and because of that, I feel like it is designed in a way that is, you know, trying to get you better at the game instead of trying to stop you from playing the game without paying. Now here's the rub. You mentioned it, right? Apple Arcade. 
I know we live in a world of Game Pass, Apple Arcade. It's not 100% fair to say, well, I can get this game for $5 here. Why should I get it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's 20 bucks on PlayStation 4. Are you serious? I'm serious that uh, Round Guard is 20 bucks on PlayStation 4. Whoa. Right? And they so crazy for that one. And that's, <laughs> that's the thing about it where... I can see this game being something I'm going to play for a long time. I'm going to leave it on the PS4. I'm going to have it there for when I want to go fuck around with it. I do think that, like, if you are serious about Round Guard and you want to get into the weeds with it, right, there are the different relics, the uh, 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 artifacts or whatever. I forget the one. There's two different things you can unlock and equip to your character and do. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. Like, there's three characters. If you wanted to platinum it, there's, like, I get all that, but it still seems like a hefty fucking price point. Yeah, no, that's that's way too much. I mean, I'll even say I didn't have Apple Arcade and I got it just for this. And even that, I'm like, mm, really? I'm not. It was like five dollars, wow. right, for Apple Arcade. Yeah, that's right. Even that, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I think I might play it for this month and then I'm going to cancel my thing. Like, I'm that's not going to be playing this game for, for longer than that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a nice. I've been playing it a lot when like uh, something's been going on down here or like Joey's doing something and I'm just like up in the the living room just kind of like chill it on the couch and like while Gia's cooking or something i'll just pull it up yeah you know? it definitely feels like a time waster not like something that i'm actively trying to play yeah no for sure it's it's a it's a, that's what i'm talking about i think with why i want to leave it on the playstation i don't think it's a destination game i think it is one of those things i finish the division and i i have 30 minutes and i'll be like oh what a round guard i'll pop in there and keep working on that right mm-hmm. i'll keep chipping away at whatever run i'm on there yeah yeah I love I, I for me personally the price is the only downside I have to I I understand and totally echo what you're saying in terms of the Peggle real estate and all that jazz but not having had Peggle for so long I think this does fill that need I think it is fun I really do like the classes and I was surprised how much I liked uh, getting the different you know, whether it be inventory slots or special abilities and like you know at the end of every level having to switch them in and out having the mini quests over here for other things to go in and do. It's cool, yeah. Like I feel like there's a lot of features here. Like this game, it, it it's good for sure. Like I yeah. feel like it's it is good enough. Even twenty dollars is insane. I do think that I'm just being a little bitch when it comes to the five dollar point. Like it is worth five dollars for sure. It's sure. just I I'm expecting something else out of it. And again, that's my own bias, my own bullshit that I'm bringing in. Hey, every, hey, ten bucks is worth ten bucks to everybody differently. Exactly. Why I pick ten dollars? But five dollars, yeah, twenty dollars, yeah. your money's worth your, what you your, what, what anything is worth is what you'll pay for it. Yeah, and it, it's cool. You know, it's like I I want to see more of these type of games, but really, I just I want another Peggle. Sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tim. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Have a good day. See ya. You too. I guess I'll just turn all this shit off now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, Kevin. Jesus. Sorry. So aggressive. I know, right? So now we're into an interesting, not dilemma, I guess. God, Blessing. Eddie Oye Jr. Mm-hmm. But a thing of, like, in our list here, the 104 PSN games ranked, right? It's been this fun thing, blind choices, what's going on? We get goofy-ass games we don't know anything about, we don't really care about. Mm-hmm. When I look to rank Round Guard, how much should I allow price to infiltrate? You know what I mean? Because it's uh, now we're talking. If I feel like if we were in, in, in what I love about this segment, and I think I say it every other week, is that it reminds me so much of when I first started reviewing games at IGN and we played everything. And even then, there was this debate of how much value should enter into a review because, of course, value is not timeless. 
the games will get discounted games will go down in price there will be sales yeah. there will be a game will be free on ps plus right all these things and so like for sure bar none this is the most fun i've had in the game like right now if you're looking at the list right my first entry onto the list is number three hidden through time which was just last week's game the <laughs> where's waldo game uh this is i think a better game than that like it's very different of yeah course. I, I mean but i, I need- think I think if you if you enjoy it more and like you say it's a better game, then I don't think it matters what the price is. Like I think at that point you're just looking at it as as the game. Yeah. What do you think then? Because then it comes into your purview of everything I've talked about here and what you've heard from Tim for Darwin <laughs> Project at number two and then number one under night. I think it sounds. I'll put it above Darwin Project at least. Okay. Uh, judging from what uh, you said about it. Yeah. And then it's such an apples and oranges thing between this uh, and Undernight Inbirth. Under, under Night Inbirth is the really, really polished fighter you talked about, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's uh, fair. I don't think it's fair to knock that well, down at all. The the thing I will say about Undernight Inbirth that might take it down a peg is that there's a whole like the uh, visual novel portion of the game, which is like a whole like important portion of the game. Yeah. I just didn't care about. Like I couldn't care less about it. The core of the fighting, all that stuff, is what elevates this game for me. But like, it's I don't think Undernight in Birth is like near like a perfect game. Like especially with the translation stuff going on uh, in the the Chronicles mode and all this stuff. Like, like there there are things I can ding from Undernight in Birth. Whereas it sounds like for you, like overall. Uh, it sounds. It sounds like Round Guard is is doing everything. It's doing pretty great. Yeah. So I'll leave. I'll I'll leave it up to you. That's a hard one to do. I need. No, we need to sign off together. You know what I mean? If you think I've made a case that it's, uh, it's more fun. It's a better game than Under Night. Then that's what it is. I don't know if I put it above Under Night. All right, then fair. Let's put it below. Yeah. Then. Sounds like number two. Like, all right. And then for you, then, where do mm-hmm. you want to put Kamiko? Oh, man. Uh, so from what I've said about Kamiko, how does it compare to something like Foxyland 2? It sounds better than that. You seem, super, okay. you seem super high on this and that it was more of a game, right? And that it was only an hour and a half and you got in and got out. Like, you'd recommend this to people, right? Yes. I would say people for sure should play... Uh, if people are looking for a small experience to spend five bucks on and get in and get out and have a, a, a fun, a fun like afternoon or like a fun hour or two, I would for sure be like, oh yeah, Kimiko is is not a bad investment whatsoever. Like, I, people should go play it in that context. It's definitely not a game where I'm like everybody in the world needs to play Kimiko. It's not like on that level, but um, I'm thinking maybe like now. Can you remind me what Hidden Through Time is? That's the Where's Waldo book. Where you're t- gotcha. finding things that are hidden in the world. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it under that. I'm going to say, yeah, a new number five for a Kamiko. Hmm, okay. Okay. I can see a case for it going above. The, the pitch you gave last week for Hidden Through Time made me like kind of impressed with it. Made me actually want to go try it. Okay. Because the idea that they made like a really good Where's Waldo game I uh, strikes me as more impressive than like a game that is, for all intents and purposes, like a Zelda, a Legend of Zelda type game. Um, Sorry, that is doing like uh, some unique things. What's Hold up, on. Kevin? Kevin's coming I'm off the bench. My two cents. Uh, Where's Waldo is a perfect game. It's good for all ages. That's a fact. I just want to make that. I mean, these. That's those are good points. Those are very good points. 
Have you seen the fun Photoshop that's going around of uh, where's Waldo in the time of coronavirus? And it's like seven people on the street and they're all spread out and Waldo's just there. <laughs> oh, that's actually, that went from really funny to like me thinking about it and being like, oh, it's The new <laughs> top five. We'll just do top five right here. Is number one, Under Night. Number two, Round Guard. Number three, Darwin Project. Number four, Hidden Through Time. Number five, Kamiko. Kamiko. Kamiko? Who knows? I just say Kamiko. Yeah, you're smart. All right, it's time to pick what we'll be playing this week, getting ready for next bless. Are you ready? I am ready. Over on the PlayStation blog, Justin Massengill put up this one. Uh, here's what we got. We got Arafel Enhanced Edition, PlayStation 4, digital, out March 26th. The art is a girl's skirt blowing up. Arafel Enhanced Edition is a 16-bit era Japanese-style role-playing game. Take in the beauty of the magical world floating above the clouds, then take on the menacing race of vampires hidden in the dark. Uh, dissection on playstation 4 i don't remember how i got into this house i only know that i need to quickly find a way out because something terrible is walking around and looking for me avoid meeting a living corpse and find key items to progress through the game uh, a, living corpse? a living corpse find the is key that not just a person <laughs> <laughs> find the key to the front door and run away from this house uh <laughs> dog you are a Doguray. Doguray? Doguray. Doguray is a retro-style platformer with animal-like characters, graphics, and soundtrack designed with old portable games in mind, down to the limited color ranges and sprite sizes. Uh, that's a PlayStation 4 one. Duck Souls Plus. Not Dark Souls. Duck Souls Plus. Uh, PlayStation 4 and Vita. It lives. Run, jump, and dash your way through traps to collect all the eggs. Duck Souls Plus is a fast-paced action platformer about a little duck with an incredible skill to dash and a mission. Find all the eggs to save his species. Lord. Element Space on PlayStation 4. Uh, year 2199. Assemble an elite crew and make allies as factions of the Galactic Congress grapple to determine a future for humanity's space colonies. In this sci-fi tactical RPG, command Pythons, a squad through turn-based battle, strategize ideal positions, and decimate foes in 24 handcrafted stages. Uh, Freedom Finger on PlayStation 4. Freedom Finger is a music-driven side-scroller shooter that sends you blasting through 40 levels of crazy cartoon action. Whether you want to chill and enjoy the story or crank the difficulty for a butt-blasting ridiculous challenge, we've got what? you covered. A butt-blasting ridiculous challenge, they've got you covered. All right. Mikorama, PlayStation 4 and Vita, it lives. Uh, guide an adorable robot to safety after he crash lands uh, uh, on a strange cubic planet. Explore each level, rotating it in 3D to see all sides, looking for a way out. Use lifts and slide platforms or, to get around while looking out for dangers. 100 very levels throws up new surprises. Try your hands at creating your own levels with the level editor. So basically, it's Captain Toad, but Mikorama. Moons of Madness on PlayStation 4. Moons of Madness is a first-person story-driven cosmic horror game where the scientific exploration of Mars meets the supernatural dread of Lovecraft. As a technician stationed on Mars, you begin seeing and hearing things that aren't there. Visions, hallucinations, is that even what it is? Or are you slowly descending into madness? Fuck, dude. Uh, Odalis the Dark Call. Uh, the old gods have forgotten this land. Odalis is an exploration slash action game and loving homage to the 8-bit genre classics. You play as Haggis, a battle-weary warrior who must wield his sword once more to rescue his son from darkness. One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 on digital, or on uh, PlayStation 4 digital. That one's not really, that's too big, right? One Piece? Oh, yeah. One Piece is the name uh, I recognize. Yeah, but I mean, that's of the same ilk as like uh, One Punch Man and My Hero. 
But yeah, we want to do it. We want to do those. So there you go. My points. Have I not done those? Before? I oh no, I played uh, One Punch Man in my own position. Yeah, yeah, I can skip that one. Only can PS4 digital. Um, in a post-apocalyptic future, controlled by a sinister corporation, ninja mercenary Zaku is the last hope for humanity. Inspired by the demanding gameplay of eight-bit action platformers. Onikin pits your agility and sword play against a gauntlet of enemies, traps, and challenging bosses. Paper Beast on PlayStation VR. Uh, experience a dreamlike odyssey through a world with, I'm sorry, a, a wild and simulated ecosystem. Take off on an adventure. Connect with exotic and surprising creatures. Shape the environment to solve puzzles or let your imagination guide you through an immersive sandbox. Whoa. The Room VR, a dark matter on VR, PlayStation VR. A British Institute of Archaeology, London, 1908. Jesus. Uh, the disappearance of an esteemed Egyptologist prompts a police investigation into the unknown. Explore cryptic locations, examine fantastic gadgets, and enter the otherworldly space, which blurs the line between reality and illusion in The Room VR Dark Matter. Twin Breaker, a sacred symbols adventure on PlayStation 4 and Vita. It lives. This one's not qualified because I already played it. I wanted to play it. So that's disqualified. <laughs> But I'll read it all the same because of Colin. Uh, the United States sends generation ships to nearby st star systems to find new planets to colonize. But once in interstellar space, the ships mysteriously disappear. When clues emerge about the missing spacecraft, two pilots jump through a wormhole into a story-driven brick breaker in the spirit of Arkanoid and Breakout. Vampire, the Masquerade, Coteries of New York? PlayStation 4 Digital. Vampire the Masquerade Coders of New York is a narrative experience set in the rich universe of Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. It presents the struggle for power between two vampiric factions, the Carmilla and the Anarchs, uh, bathed in the nightlights of the Big Apple. Then there's a Yu-Gi-Oh game, and that's it. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelists, or Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. Shout yeah, out. okay, whatever. I was, actually gonna, I, I, I was actually going to play the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist this last week, uh, and I didn't realize that Link Evolution was coming out for PS5 or PS4, uh, and so I might be, end up playing that game anyway, and so that's not going to be eligible. What are you going to pick, then? You get to pick. You start. So, like, as soon as I saw Paper Beast, my mind started to, to uh, want to go with that one. But then I also saw Doggy Ride, which seems like it could be a fun time. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to go Paper Beast. Okay. Because it looks very interesting. And reviews came out today, I want to say. Oh, you're cheating. You're cheating. Uh, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not, you're not. That's not cheating. I'm just kidding. That's not cheap. That's not cheap. Okay. Uh, and reviews look to be, like, pretty good. And so right. I want to I, I check it out. Cool. You're picking Paper Beasts. I'm going to go with Moons of Madness. Oh. Uh, you know, it sounds, it sounds, it is, you know, I like this. As a technician stationed on Mars, you begin seeing and hearing things that aren't there. Visions, hallucinations. Is that what it, or is that even what it is? Or are you slowly descending into madness, 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 madness? I'll find out and report back next week, guys. Yeah, I feel like you will. Thank you. Thank you very much. And this is Paper Beast here is what we're looking at, or is this Moon's Madness? It's Moon's Madness. I showed Paper Beast a minute ago. My apologies. Sorry, I was reading, so I didn't see it. Yeah, okay, I picked, I picked. That's what I picked. Oh, okay. With... You know what? This looks better than I would have thought. Yeah, I did, it, that's the thing about it. Sometimes you got to do the blind choice. You know what I mean? I got the <laughs> cheat last week. I won't uh -huh. cheat this, this week. This looks scary. No, thank you. I'm gonna scare you, Kevin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for PlayStation's greatest hits. If you didn't know, 
We said over 10 episodes, we would have a segment talking about the PlayStation game of the year for each decade. We'd pick it, then you'd have a, a definitive PlayStation's greatest hits. We started in 2010, 10, wow, wow. 2010, uh, Blessing picked Heavy Rain, I picked Peace Walker. In 2011, I picked Uncharted 3, uh, Blessing picked Portal 2. Uh, in 2012, we shook hands and agreed on Persona 4 Golden. In 2013, I picked The Last of Us, and Blessing picked uh, GTA 5. In 2014, we both picked St- uh, Stick of Truth, South Park Stick of Truth. Uh, then Metal Gear Solid 5, uh, The Phantom Pain, got 2015 unanimously. Uh, we've taken the, what, two weeks off. It's time to come back to 2016, Blessing. Let me run you through the competition. We have Uncharted 4, Overwatch, Dishonored 2, Dark Souls 3, Firewatch, Inside, Ratchet and Clank, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Titanfall 2, The Witness, Darkest Dungeon, Severed, what up? Super Hot PSVR, uh, The Last Guardian, Doom, The Division, Watch Dogs 2. Blessing? What a fucking year. Eddie OEA Jr. Are you fucking kidding me with 2016? That's a hell Dude, of a year right there. 2016 might be PS4's best year. I'm going to put that out there. I'm okay, going to put that out there. I don't know if I go there. that far, but it's a great year. Like, what's a better year for the PS4 than 2016? Oh, I guess 2018. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. With the exception of, with all due respect, 2019, I think... 2017, 2018 were fucking kick-ass years too. Yeah, but 2017, and, I feel like that was like the Switch year. Like 2017, if we're looking at PlayStation true. games, it's Horizon, and then it's like a bunch of Switch games. Uh, and then 2018 had God of War and Spider-Man and uh, Red Dead, which I think is 2018 is probably what the a fucking year. That's, yeah, yeah that's the fucking year. Twenty six. If you want to talk about 2016 though, like Uncharted 4, uh, Overwatch, like freaking. Um, uh, Ratchet and Clank, which I feel like doesn't get enough credit. For. Well, actually, it, it, it gets a lot of credit, but it's a great game. Uh, it, it gets this as a series; it gets a lot of credit. I don't think that reboot tie into the movie thing gets gets enough credit because yeah, I think it was, but it like, was sold cheap and people thought it wasn't that great then. And then also, people it was fantastic. Thought. Like it was, it was, it was great. Uh, Inside, like uh, what was the other game I was looking at? Last Guardian, I also love. Um, there was like another PlayStation. Oh, The Witness. The Witness is like an incredible, incredible, incredible game. Um, that is a strong year for 2016. This is actually like probably the toughest year so far for me wow. in terms of picking a winner. You're a coward. It's easy. Uncharted 4. Done. Slam dunk. You're going to tell me you didn't like Uncharted 4? You didn't tell me that ending didn't get you? You're going to tell me you didn't uh, like I mean, the beginning? You're sitting there talking to your brother. You get to pick your own favorite moments from Uncharted? The culmination of Nathan Drake's saga. Then you agree with me. I don't know if I would even say Uncharted 4 is, like, for me, top five for this year. Like, I would put... If we weren't in my house, I would... (laughs) uh, That would have been the perfect opportunity. I want you to know I thought about it, but I got a PC over there. I got a dog over here. Not in your top five. If I'm talking about five games, I'd put above Uncharted 4. I'd put Overwatch over it. I would put Inside over it. I would put Doom over it. I would put The Witness over it. And possibly Dishonored 2. Wow. Uh, actually, no. I'm not going to put Dishonored 2 over Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 is about Dishonored 2 for me. But, like, there are multiple games. I, I honestly thought about saying The Last Guardian, but I'm, I, I can't put The Last Guardian above Uncharted 4 in good conscience. But The Last Guardian is another game that I would say, like, underrated. I feel like it got the short end of the stick. Wow. I understand why. Because, like... Because that fucking dog cat never listened to me. But like that's part of the design. Fuck off! Don't like try. Alive. Don't There's try no, to defend this like Fortilla. fucking layer fans. Layer how fans. How often does Portillo listen? Why to you? would it? Why would a dinosaur? He listens to me all the time. Look, Porty. Look at that. Popped right up. 
he's popped up before you said 40. Well, it's because I, yeah, it's my leg. I just pushed him up. He's asleep. <laughs> oh, he's, I very, he's a tell, very old Tell dog. him to, to, to like, uh, what do you dogs do? Tell him to sit. Sit. He's, he's already sitting. sitting. Yeah. Well, he thinks it's food yeah. time, so I guess it is food time. Yeah. I. So what's your I, overall pick, mister? I'm going to put the entire fucking list in front of Uncharted 4. My overall pick is Overwatch. Overwatch is like, at, at the time, as an event, oh man, Overwatch was a jam. It came out of left field. That's why I didn't really come out of left field, but it came out and it set the world on fire. Like it re, I, I feel like for me, it reinvigorated uh, like team based first person games. That 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 genre really needed a uh, reinvigoration, but Overwatch still came through and did it. Yeah. It's it it was super polished. The the characters are awesome. Like. And it's four years separated. I feel like the 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 um hype has died down so much on on Overwatch. But like, if you put yourself back in 2016, like everybody was obsessed in a way that I I rarely see in video games. Sure, and I think you know again to that you talk about a. Uh video games and how everything's a sequel right that you need mm-hmm. you know everything sequel sell better how you can do that the way overwatch has infected and uh continued to proliferate right the fact that it is everywhere the fact that i have friends who still every weekend play that game like that mm-hmm. is what they do they get together but like on top of that wear overwatch merch right in the overwatch league and the amount of times I'm in, I'm out and about, and I do see someone in an Overwatch jacket, right? Just the logo on their arm or something like that's impressive. Like, you know what I mean? For a game that's four years, not even four years old at this point. Yeah. That's really impressive penetration. I still, really? and I get it, and I understand what you're saying in terms of, hey, this is a, obviously a game and this is obviously a moment. I think yeah. for me, in and in granted, this is us picking, you know, our PlayStation game of the year or whatever. I think just the finality of Uncharted 4. And the fact that they were able to end it so well, right? In the game that had, you know, and I always talk about this with Uncharted, it's that, you know, I think they just get better and better and better as they go because they get to learn from what the others have done and they get to, you know, benefit from better graphics and technology and whatever. So it's unfair, but I mean, like still like the open world aspects they did drop into Uncharted, right? The story and stuff they did, the performances they drop give you from troy baker you know being sam from nate being nate seeing sully again seeing elena getting what i wanted out of that uh story right which was what are nate and elena like at home and also then like i think uncharted 2 and 3 did not a bad job of it but were such us beginning drop back in people's lives and not really understanding why they did what they did i thought this was such an interesting grounded i'm using air quotes because obviously it's uncharted but grounded thing of like hey here's nate drake and he's super unhappy at home he is indiana jones you know in this other life but here he is now trying to deal with being bored at home and his brother shows up with all this crazy stuff going on and how are you going to deal with that like i yeah. like that take let alone how it ended i thought giving the, the- spoilers i guess for uncharted but give spoilers 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 giving them a happy ending right and seeing it move mm-hmm. on and what they became and how that all happened i was like that was, that's fucking rad Uncharted 4 has fantastic pacing. Like pacing is what I think it's it is the thing that it has above all the other previous Uncharted games. Uh like starting that game off and there's not really any action. In fact, like you're walking through like a prison and yeah. the first couple of chapters it's not really any shooting if I if if I recall correctly. Um having like having those moments the 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 clock tower, I can't remember if it's clock tower exactly, but the the tower that's like crumbling as you're inside it and climbing yeah. through it is probably one of my favorite set pieces in a video game period. Like Uncharted Four has absolute moments, and like I, I think it is like a great, great, great final chapter 
for Uncharted for sure. Like that's and that's why this year, 2016, is a year that I feel like we got to give a lot more credit to. Like because there are multiple multiple 10 out of 10s on this list. Like there's wow. so many 10 out of 10s that came out of 2016. Like inside of the 10 out of 10 video game, The Witness is a 10 out of 10 video game. Um, uh, Overwatch Overcooked, Overcooked say, isn't on this list, but it should be Overcooked. Oh yeah, Overcooked should get a shout out for sure. Even though I hate Overcooked, uh, Overwatch <laughs> bad at it. I am bad at it. It gives me so much anxiety. You got you like have to do like three things at the same time. You got people yelling at you in co-op. It's the worst experience ever. <laughs> but yeah, Uncharted Four. I'll usually hear the argument that it's a ten out of ten game. Like, thank you. Yeah, like it. Twenty sixteen. Great, great, great year. It was a great, great year. Blessing. Um, before we get out of here leave you for another week of course there's a post show don't worry about that one quick fantasy critic check in remember of course you can go to kindoffunny.com slash ps league watch uh or and not watch i guess but check in and see what's going on with the league we started where we uh did a fantasy draft picked a bunch of games uh it was us it was jonathan dornbush from podcast beyond it was cali plaguey from uh game it is uh, the one and only geo corsi from uh not playstation more he, the predator people Ilphonic. uh yes. so uh, last week, I gave you the heads up, Blessing. I gave you what you deserved. Hey, you're in first place. Congratulations. But Thank you. beware. And sure enough, Gio Corsi has taken the lead. He's currently oh. uh, in the lead 19.2 points uh, to your 16.13. And then I'm in third with 8.84. Uh, Callie and Jonathan not on the board yet. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, uh, Doom Eternal is what has given Gio 19 points, currently sitting at an 89 on Open Critic. So. We will continue to monitor the situation uh, and see what happens next. Blessing, are you confident your team's going to be able to turn this around? Here's the thing, Greg. Here we go. Because right now, I have Cyberpunk 2077 yep. as my number one pick. And I don't think that'll fail me. Like that's I, the, only, the only way that that can come out and be a disappointment is if it gets delayed to 2021. Yep. That's the only way that it could ruin, ruin my, uh, my, what's going on here. And I don't think it'll get delayed that far, but who knows? Coronavirus, all those things terrifyingly keep in mind too and this is maybe in the short term obviously as people these games mm-hmm. start reviewing geo also has resident evil 3 oh geo's about to put some oh, points no. on the goddamn board you know what i mean oh no uh i'm, I'm, I'm looking been... at my list right and it's like i guess minecraft dungeons which might get delayed that's the next one on the the the, the scene here i guess i have well, last I, this part too i'm gonna i'm gonna reveal some secrets this, this this might work against me, but it's a podcast. I got I got to spill the beans for the sure. sake of entertainment. Here's the thing: I've been I've been very vigilant over the past few weeks in the fantasy draft, trying to figure out what might be coming, what might be coming that that'll be good, and what I can't really rely on right now. And there's a game that was recently announced, Amnesia Rebirth, that I was I was looking at, mm-hmm. and I I figure I'm gonna wait and sit on that one because you never know what's gonna happen around E3 time. Okay. But I'm just gonna put it put it out there that there are choices that I'm 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 thinking about making right now, and that's that's one of them. There's a few others, but I'm just gonna throw that throw that out there. Be aware, be vigilant, because things can change at any moment. All right, everybody, be vigilant again. Again, you can be part of this. You can check in and do it. Start your own fantasy uh, critic league if you want. Kindoffunny.com slash PS League. You can watch with the live updates. Uh, every episode of PS I Love You XOXO, we like to do a PSN profile of the week. You write in. We look at your trophies. We applaud you or boo you until we're hoarse. Uh, today, Caleb Davis wrote in uh, PSN CJD1112. I hit my milestone 10 thousandth trophy with platinum 119 all the ways out much love stay safe 
uh, Caleb Davis. So I'm over here now, psnprofiles.com, an amazing site you should support. Uh, CJD1112, uh, uh, the bio here, kind of funny best friend, which I like to see. Uh, first off, I'm ex- I'm very happy that you are playing the Division 2. That's your most recent thing there. Uh, that you, We see a way out there with your Platinum and Far Cry Primal right before that. What I like the most about this blessing is it brings up the question, what am I going to do for my 10,000th trophy? This is... Oh, what I, how close are you? This, uh, I'm, uh, I want to say like 150-ish out right now. That's my. That's still my New Year's resolution. Last year it was get a hundred platinums. Now it's get. Oh no, it's, I'm two hundred out. I'm at according to PSN profiles right now. I'm at ninety eight oh six. So I'm two hundred out. So I got it's. Uh-oh. I got time to figure it out still, but it will happen this year. Mm. I got to look into it. You got to do do the math to make sure it's a platinum too. If you want to get really deep about it. I know. I think I'll let it get closer. I'll I'll get closer to that because if I start doing that now, there's too much math for me. I won't be able to do it. Uh, still though, going off of Caleb's thing, what I love about Caleb here is that he is not afraid to go down in, in just trophy whore, just trophy whore on the corner. Cause yeah, a way out far cry primal. Okay. Great trophies. Then Foxy land Two, word yeah. search by Powigi, Foxy land, Foxy land Two, Foxy land. He's doing the doubles. I love it. Yep. What, that's what it's all about. Uh, far cry, new dawn turbo chase or horizon turbo chase turbo horizon chase turbo i get it there uncharted 2 god of war 2 god of war 2 jedi like he's got he's got a bunch of real ones oh yeah here. actual sunlight which is a deep cut yeah yeah actually that one doesn't even have a platinum that's that he just that's just 100 they just got all the trophies yeah 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 that's commitment i i'll tell you what i didn't know about these one word sudoku's he's got a whole bunch of one word in here are those yeah easy? i've seen these too it's saying it's like because it says here two days and an hour. How long it took him? Six days, fourteen hours. That's just you know time from first to last. But mm-hmm. days gone. Spyro three, Year of the Dragon, Spyro two, Spyro. Nice Nickelodeon Boy. Kart Racers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lego nice. Marvel Superheroes two. Thank you for your support. These are some good trophies. He's, oh, he got Golden Abyss in there too. Very nice. Lego Marvel Superheroes Vita, Smart As on Vita, Lego Lord of the Rings on Vita. Jack three on Vita, Jack and Daxter on Vita. I love a good Vita Platinum. Never, you know, I was always bullish on them. Bless, I never did that many because I'm a coward. You wait, you didn't do that many Vita Vita Platinums? Nah, not as many as you think. There's even like really? a Lego Batman two, three. Like I ended up like needing two or trophies from it or whatever, and they were just so grindy. I was like, I, I don't want to do this. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to let you down. I appreciate how many deep cuts that uh, CJ here. Or sorry, not CJ. Caleb uh, here has has played, but not necessarily platinum. Because I'm like I'm just scrolling down. It's just like a bunch of games that like like are like a quarter of the way through or halfway through in terms of trophy percentage. But which one's standing out to you? Like, well, actually, no. I, now I'm way too far back. Now I'm actually like in the PS3 era. Hold up, let me let me just go back up to to point some of those some of those out. Um. Oh wow. Like super exploding zoo, like I've never okay. heard of that. But he, but they've gotten two trophies in it. Okay. And then like, have, stories, like, story, the stories, the path of destinies. I remember that downloadable game. Oh, dude, actually, that's a really good game. Stories, the path of destinies. Yeah, got all the trophies in Super Star Wars. Uh, Mousecraft is another one where it's like I've never heard of that game, but it's PS4, PS3, and Vita. Only two out of twelve trophies, and it's like we playing that game for fun. Or did you start it and realize that like the trophies weren't weren't uh, worth it? Similar thing here, like well, except it's one hundred percent Spy Chameleon. I don't remember ever here. There's no platinum, but he got all the trophies. I respect it so much. Level twenty two, all the trophies. 
which were just 21 bronzes. Caleb, I would have told that game to take a fucking walk. Medal of Honor Warfighter. I respect it. 21 bronze trophies. Get the fuck out of here. Level 22, my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS I Love You. Remember, you can be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games. You can give us your questions, comments, your PSN profile. But most importantly, you can go there and support us. Get the show ad-free. Get it where you can watch this as we record it live. And, of course, get it with the post show we are about to do. Uh, if you have no bucks, toss her away. It's no big deal. YouTube.com slash games, Roosterteeth.com. Podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday. Um, Blessing, any final thoughts? No, not really. Perfect. Are you going to get a better desk? Uh, we'll see. Maybe week three, I'll hit up Kevin and be like, "Hey, we got to do something." Sounds right now, fair. right now though, like here's the thing: this is my struggle setup. This is the setup I put together because I had the assumption that this would be a two week quarantine mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Turns out it could be a lot longer. We just have no idea how long this is gonna last. And so if that's the case. Maybe I'll get something more official, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 see where where things take me. Okay. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. It's been our pleasure to serve you.